was also due to be sentenced yesterday, but committed suicide on Tuesday. Speaking outside Amazon Crown Court, Detective Sergeant Joe Banfield said justice had finally been done. He's at last been held to account um, for his actions, and I hope he has time to reflect now on the lasting effect that he has had on the many victims of his abuse. This result really would not have been possible without those brave victims and witnesses who came forward. Elsewhere, the Prime Minister wants people in the UK to try to dissuade voters in Scotland from backing independence. In a speech at the Olympic Park in London, he'll argue the UK would be deeply diminished without them. Now, around 700 doctors and health experts have signed a letter to the British Medical Journal, urging MPs to support a ban on smoking in cars carrying children. It's being organised ahead of a Commons vote on the issue on Monday. Critics say a ban would be an unnecessary intrusion, though, into people's private lives. Locally, ongoing roadworks at Elstree Crossroads in Hertfordshire have been suspended until April. Two high-voltage electricity cables, which need to be moved, are at much greater depth than expected. It means the main work to rebuild the junction will now take place between May and September. Up to 40 young people were treated by paramedics after being taken ill at a concert venue in Belfast last night. Most had been drinking and some had taken drugs. Seven people were taken to hospital from the Odyssey Arena. None, though, is said to be in a serious condition. An English National Badminton Championships are being held in Milton Keynes this weekend. The first games are being played in the new arena at Stadium NK today. Coming out of retirement to play is Bedford's Olympic silver medalist, Gail Ems, but she says it won't be a long-term thing. My time as a badminton player is, has been and gone, and I loved every single moment of it. But it, to be a professional sports person, it is a full-time job, and I can't do Weather now, and it will be cloudy to start with some wind and, of course, rain. Temperatures, 9 degrees Celsius is your high. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Great rehearsal, Serena. I look forward to hearing the real thing in an hour's time. Thanks for that. It's great. Pick me up. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got that Friday feel. The Friday feeling, I think, is here. Lots coming up on the show, including, you know those adverts at the back of uh, uh, newspapers? No, not the ones offering a, a second-hand buggy for £20. Those other ones offering <clears throat> for... <clears throat> well, they're on Twitter as well, except they're a lot less polite, a little bit ruder. We'll be talking to an internet safety advisor who thinks they're bad for children and Twitter should step in. We'll also be updating you on the case of the former Buckinghamshire headmaster who, who abu- abused young boys in his care. We talked about this yesterday. The boys were between 8 and 13 years old. Well, the gentleman in question has been sentenced to eight years. What do you think? Is that enough? And we'll be speaking to a councillor from Tring who thinks commemorating the start of World War I is wrong and sends out an odd message to other countries. Well, he's, he's going to hate BBC 3CR because we've got a load of that coming up in the next few weeks. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can uh, send me a tweet at Ian Lee. Not a dirty one. Or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, now, Catherine, the other week, I can't remember why, apropos very, very little, uh, I ordered from Tinternet, uh, Paul McCartney, all the best. Well, it suddenly occurred to you that maybe the 80s weren't such a dark yeah. time for McCartney. One, £1.46. It, it, I, I got it the other day. 
driving up the motorway today, listening to it. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. There's some 70s stuff on there, and we know that, you know, Another Day is a great song, and uh, Live and Let Die, great song, Jack, great song. But it's time for McCartney's 80s work to be reappraised. Ebony and Ivory? No, no, no. No, exactly no. No, it's ham-fisted. It turns out they're talking about black and white people. I, never, I thought it was a piano. It's about black and white people and how we should all be nice to each other. Well, I, I agree with that. That's statement. a good message. You'd have to agree that's a good message, yeah, wouldn't you, Kelly? It's a rotten yeah, old song, though, isn't it? No, it's a stinker. No, it's not actually. It's really, really charming. It's it's a little bit, you know. I'm waving my my left hand up in the air a little bit. I'm not quite sure what that means, but I haven't got the words for it. It's a daft. little bit. It's a little bit daft. I uh, like it, but it's nice. It's really, really nice. Uh, but also on there, um, oh, I always forget the Once Upon a Long Ago. I like that. That's nice. How does it go? Remind me. Once upon a oh, long your ago. Your face just looked just did you sing your voice. Children search for pleasure and in her. Does that, you know, I invented the 60s, you know, they were my Grace. idea. The Beatles, they were my idea, you know. <laughs> you know, John Lennon, that was my idea. Uh, <laughs> he does rewrite the 60s. So that's good. I tell you what's not on there. Um, uh, Spies Like Us. Oh! That's a great song! I forgot about that. Ooh, ooh, what do you do? No, ain't nobody that spies like us. The uh, theme tune to the movie Spies Like Us. I can't imagine why they left that off. <laughs> it's a great song. He doesn't play that in concert anymore. But but one song that was on there that was brilliant, and you'll all agree this is brilliant, and I don't know why this doesn't get played every single day on British radio, Pipes of Peace. I know why. Why? Because it's a Christmas song. Uh... What? I'm pretty sure it's a Christmas song. Shall we have a listen to it and then yeah. have this conversation afterwards? Okay, mate. I light a candle to our love In love our problems disappear But all in all we soon discover That one and one is all we long to Save this planet we're playing on 
Let's play. Listen. What's your name, please? That's such a good song, isn't it? And that goes out to all the little boys and girls who were good this year. There's nothing... Santa Claus looks forward to seeing you. There's nothing Christmassy at all about that. It's just wonderful. No, I I agree, it's wonderful, but I'm pretty sure it's a Christmas song. The only Christmassy thing about it was the video where they re-enacted that famous Christmas football match. Yeah, that's it. Next week, next week, it's Paul McCartney 80s week. We are celebrating the magic of Paul McCartney in the 1980s. I've just decided, and we'll get Paul McCartney on. All right, Kath? Yeah! Good work there. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, here's an interesting uh, uh, story. I'm sure it'll come as no surprise to some of you. The internet is riddled with pornography, but there's always been a kind of... You've had to go looking for it. You've got to want to find it, you can find it. Well, apparently not on Twitter. The uh, social network is being used to advertise brothels in Milton Keynes and not really in the nudge-nudge-wink-wink way you get at the back of newspapers. Explicit photos and suggestions of what you might like to do. Oh, some say it's a step too far, and I'm joined now by John Carr, who's advised the government and the United Nations on child internet safety. Morning, John. Morning. Not that shocking, is it, John, that that pornography and brothels are being touted on Twitter, or is it? Well, it's shocking in the sense that Twitter specifically forbid this kind of thing, but obviously don't have any mechanism for uh, enforcing it or making sure their service isn't being abused in the way that it obviously is. Twitter famously is a little bit uh, laissez-faire, isn't it, in its attitude towards what what, what goes on? It, It only kind of steps in when there's a huge public furore. Yeah, it seems to be the case, which is definitely not how it should be, uh, because day-to-day a lot of people see these things, they're shocked, or children see them, it's quite inappropriate, and they just, you know, like you were saying, they think, oh, well, this is the internet, that's how it is, and, and it, it, it is how it is, but it isn't how it should be. Twitter doesn't have an age restriction, does it? Uh, in practice, it certainly doesn't, because it doesn't, uh, it doesn't check or verify anybody's age. You just sign up, you've got an account, and you're in there. But that's true, by the way, of uh, of most of the the social networking sites. They, they, there's no there's no way in practice that they do any of that kind of thing. How much of this? Uh, how much of a problem does this present for children who use Twitter, but also their parents who want to keep their kids safe? Well, <laughs> I'm sure no parent would be happy at the thought that their kids are on a service where pictures of the kind that you've obviously seen and I've, I've looked at prior to yeah. coming on the show. I'm, I'm sure most parents would be horrified at the thought that the kids are being exposed to that kind of thing. And and there is, it's not just the images, I mean, these um, people are also selling sexual services and yeah. there's all sorts of risks associated with that as well. Is there anything we can do, John? Or, or, or do we just need to kind of accept that that's part of, of everyday life now and, and block these people and carry on? No, I, I, I absolutely do not believe that we should just roll over and accept this kind of thing. Twitter specifically say that they forbid this kind of thing and uh, so they have a responsibility to at least make an effort or a better effort to enforce their own terms and conditions. I mean, it, it, otherwise it's... it's plain hypocrisy because they're in effect profiting from uh, unlawful illegal activity that they themselves are forbidding it's quite wrong and they ought to do more about it well have you got any tips john on what parents can do to protect their kids from things like this well it's 
yeah. I mean, check if they've got a Twitter account. That's the first thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with all of these things, the first point is parents should talk to their kids about, you know, in a very simple way. You don't have to be very techy about it. Ask them, what kind of services on the internet do you use? What kind of sites and places do you go to? Maybe if you can, sit down with them for a few minutes occasionally and uh, watch what they do and watch what they say. And if you are very concerned about your, your child, maybe they've got an unusual sensitivity or something, you can always block block access to Twitter altogether by using certain filtering programs, although I must stress that's kind of very much a last resort, because if they want to get round it, they can. Well, I was going to say, kids are, kids are very, very clever, aren't they? And they can, you know, they, they're better on computers than you and I are, John. They can present one face to us, and then they're, once they're off in their bedroom, they can be doing God knows what. Absolutely. And that's why, if you are genuinely or seriously worried, or it's a very important thing for your family, or for whatever reason, there are technical tools that will stop a lot of kids. I mean, always be, there's always going to be some super smart kid who will be able to find a way around it. But it's surprising, you, you know, how many kids, if you do put these blocks in, accept that, well, you know, that's just not a space I should go to. John, I appreciate your time this morning. John Carr, he's advised the government and the UN on child internet safety. Well, what do you think? 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's not looking good out there at the moment. Uh, the M25 clockwise has three lanes closed at junction 16 for the M40. Also, there's no access from the M40 in either direction because the slip roads have been closed, and that's all because of flooding. The M11 northbound is closed between 8 for Bishop Stortford and 9 for Saffron Walden after an accident involving multiple vehicles and flooding. We've had a call in from Darren to update us. The A5 southbound in Kensworth is flooded near the petrol station. Not too bad at the moment, but likely to get much worse as it gets busier this morning. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Dave wants to uh, muscle in on this travel party we're having. Dave, what have you got for us? Uh, I'm heading uh, towards the M1 on the Bedford Bypass there and uh, it just came to a, a halt and a lot of police cars there and it's the Bypass uh, Park is closed towards the M1 because the amount of water that's coming off the fields, it's uh, flooded it and oh, there's about, I don't know, 10 vehicles all in a... Uh, um, about a foot, foot and a half. Really? So where exactly where this is, Dave? So people know to avoid it, and Justin knows where to go. Yeah, um, it's on the Marsden turning. Yep. Uh, for, uh, for anybody who's heading towards uh, the M1 on the bypass, uh, come off at that point there. Dave, thank you very much indeed. We'll have updates on that throughout the morning, no doubt. Six seventeen. It's Friday. The 7th of February, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There is concern that prostitution is being openly advertised on Twitter in Milton Keynes. A former Buckinghamshire headmaster has been sentenced to eight years in prison for sexually abusing boys in the 50s and 60s. And in sport, the Sochi Winter Olympics officially begin today with the opening ceremony taking place later. And if you're anything like me, you're kind of shrugging your shoulders and going, so what? BBC Three Counties Radio.
Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that I wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely. You've got it. You've nailed it. I am so happy. Thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, listen, we're getting a lot of... Next week, I've decided, OK? Next week, it's 80s Paul McCartney week, and we're going to dig out some... Dust off some lost treasures from the 1980s from Paul McCartney. Uh, th- there's another BBC radio station saying No More Lonely Nights is a cracking tune. Agree. Little Jason is also questioning Ebony and Ivory. I, I think if you question that song, I think you are actually a racist. Uh, or maybe you can hear. No. Um, and uh, Troy Rocco Shepherd says, I agree. By the way, I called you once from Tokyo. So a lot of uh, support. What's your home? I don't or? know. <laughs> I, I've got no idea. So a lot of support. Next week, Paul McCartney 80s week. What guest? Could we must be able to get a guest on. Um, Paul McCartney's cousin. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're local. They They've are local. Cousins. And they're very local. vocal. And I've got a phone number in my phone. Let's get, all right, we're sort of mates. Let's get Kate Robbins on then. Let's get Kate Robbins let's on. Let's do the whole, what is it, six degrees of separation from the Beatles? Yeah. Was that the thing? What was the thing? There's Kevin thing. Bacon. Kevin Bacon wasn't in the Beatles. You're thinking of uh, Pete Best. No, I'm saying that was the degrees of separation, man. Wasn't it? We're Did all you're... seven degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. No, we're I six degrees. Beatles. No, the Beatles, What? I thought everyone was six degrees of separation from the Beatles. Hey, it's 50 years since the Beatles today. Is Again? it?
Uh, 08459455555. Now on to a story uh, we uh, were looking at yesterday. A former Buckinghamshire headmaster has now been sentenced to eight years in prison for sexually abusing pupils in the 50s and the 60s. Eight years. Roland Peter Wright was among a group of paedophile teachers who exploited their position of trust at Caldicott Prep School. Wright's former colleague, Hugh Henry, was also due to be sentenced yesterday, but he committed suicide on Tuesday. Joined again now by Peter Saunders from uh, NAPAC, the National Association for People Abused in Childhood. We spoke yesterday, uh, Peter, before the sentencing. Eight years, what's your reaction to that? Uh, well, you know, good morning, Ian. Good morning. I, I wasn't intimately involved in this particular case, but as you know, we've been supporting and working alongside Tom Perry and, and others who have worked tirelessly for years to, um, to, see, to, to see justice done. And um, I haven't actually spoken to Tom for a couple of days, but I, I, I saw him on the, on, the, on the TV yesterday saying that he felt satisfied that, the, that, that, that such a sentence had been passed given the age of the, uh, the perpetrator and the seriousness of the crime. So, yeah, in this circumstance, I think it was, it was you know, it was a good result. He's, um, in, his, he's in his 80s, isn't he, uh, he is. Mr Wright? It, I'll be honest, when I heard eight years yesterday, we're obviously we're all following this story here, and I heard eight years, kind of part of me thought, oh, is that it? Really? I mean, there's, there's a strong chance he might die in prison, or he might get let out earlier because he's so old, but yes. eight years, for, for, for what he did, and we spoke to Tom yesterday, and we'll speak to Tom again today, yes. and it was horrific, horrific what he did to those boys. It, absolutely. Eight absolutely. years doesn't sound like a lot to me. Um, well, it doesn't, it, you know, you're, you're quite right, Ian. Given the nature of the crimes, many people, and including myself, would say he has got off very lightly because you're absolutely right, he will apply... Uh, he will appeal, rather. He would, at the very least, serve only half of his sentence. And he, he may well get out before. And, of course, I noticed, you know, that he's on his, um, his walking sticks and, uh, and, and doubtless his, his, his defence team will, will make a good case that he's a, an ill man and shouldn't be in prison, etc., etc. But, exactly, we can't take our eye off the ball to what that man did to so many children, including including Tom, mm. and it's been Tom's efforts and, those, and, 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 and one or two others that have made this happen. You know, it, 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 the, the case was, as you know, was sort of thrown out years ago, and Tom has fought relentlessly to see justice and, indeed, to have the implementation of mandatory reporting well, in these institutions. We spoke no, to Tom yesterday, and uh, it, isn't he a very dignified gentleman? Doesn't he hold his head up high? And well done him for that. Peter, can I, uh, can I ask you a question? This might seem like an odd question. Roland Peter Wright, do you have any sympathy for him? Do you feel sorry for him at all? Oh, dear. I, I, you know, it's, that's a question that's put to me um, once in a while, and it, it's, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I sometimes, No, I don't. The, answer is, the short answer is I don't. Mm. Um, do I have feelings for people who commit these vile crimes? I think, as a society, we've got to get our head around 
prevention. You know, I mean, th- he's, a, he's an old man. He's, he's finally going to serve some time by us for a horrible crime. But these are crimes that should not happen in the first place. Mm. And um, there's a number of ways that we can do that. We will never be able to uh, arrest and convict our way out of this, this, this epidemic because we simply wouldn't have enough prison places if we were to catch all these people uh, uh, to put them away. So it's a societal problem that's gone on as long as man's been on the planet, I suspect. And um, it, it's something we've got to get a grip to. A, a grip on, but I think in the short term, it is measures like mandatory reporting, like deterrent sentences, like making it clear that society has a zero tolerance approach to these crimes, and I think that's absolutely important. Um, so, do I, do do I have feelings? Do I feel sorry for people that can rape and torture and bugger children? Absolutely not. I've got nothing but revulsion. But as a Christian, Ian, as a Christian. Mm-hmm. I am bound to pray for these people, um, but I am bound m- more to work to protect our little ones in the future from going through what Tom, myself, and millions of others have gone through. Peter, as a result of yesterday's show, we had one or two calls from um, people who've been affected by this, uh, and one or two people who were slightly distressed that this had perhaps brought up uh, memories for them. Yes. What would you suggest those people should do? Who, sh- who should they contact, and, and, and where should they go? Well, I, I, I took a call from a wonderful lady um, who, who was on your show yesterday after I had spoken, and what I would say is, is let them call us at NAPAC. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a free phone helpline. It's 24 hours, um, but our core working hours, when it's actually staffed by NAPAC volunteers, uh, the, the, the out-of-hours out services is, is, is provided by the NSPCC. But people who want to speak to trained NAPAC volunteers who are very, very familiar with these dreadful crimes, call our free phone number. Hang on, I'm, I'm, I'm rustling for a pen. Hang on a second. Right, yep. I've got one. Go on, Peter. <laughs> it's, um, it's a free phone, so it's 0800 yep. 085 yep. 3330. 3330. 0800 085 3330. I appreciate your time again this morning. We'll give out that phone number throughout the morning because I know we, we, we had, say, one or two people phoned up after or during the show and we're a little sure. bit upset, so we'll, we'll, we'll give that out. And, Peter, I appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Have a great weekend, Ian. There we go. Nice to talk to you again. Thank you very much, Peter Saunders. From NAPAC, uh, that number, 0800 085 330. We'll give that out throughout the morning um, in case uh, you missed it just then. Right, it's coming up to 6.30. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
the M25 clockwise. Three lanes are closed at Junction 16 for the M40. Uh, also, there's no access from the M40 in either direction because the slip roads have been closed. That's all because of flooding. Lane 3 on the M25 clockwise is blocked between 20 for Kings Langley and 21 for the M1 because of flooding. We've had a call in from Brian on the M1 London bound. There's been an accident at Junction 5 for Watford and there's surface water in the area. M11 northbound is closed between 8 for Bishop Stortford and 9 for Saffron Walden after an accident and flooding. And on public transport, First Capital Connect, trains aren't stopping at New Barnet, Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace because of overhead wire problems. I'm Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. For six, I'm Serena Farrow of the headlines. There's concern prostitution is being openly advertised on Twitter in Milton Keynes. Well, for more, stay listening as Sarah Walker from the English Collective of Prostitutes will be speaking to Ian Lee in the next half an hour here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Elsewhere, as we've just been hearing, a former Buckinghamshire headmaster has been sentenced to eight years in prison for sexually abusing pupils in the 1950s and 60s. The Prime Minister wants people in the UK to try to dissuade voters in Scotland from backing independence. And around 700 doctors and health experts have signed a letter to the British Medical Journal urging MPs to support a ban on smoking in cars carrying children. They're all the news headlines. Now let's move on to the morning sport. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford midfielder Daniel Toger says he's enjoyed his first week with the club. The former Hungary international joined the Hornets last week for three months from Genoa and made his debut in the win over Brighton. He's set to be involved at Leicester tomorrow. Yeah, of course, I think everybody like in football, you know, so he's one of the highest quality in Europe. So even the second division, even the championship is a very, very tough championship. So, so I think English, English football is one of the best in Europe. Moving on, and Luton manager John Stills hoping tomorrow's conference match against Tamworth will still go ahead. But with poor weather forecast, still concedes it's out of his hands. When you, when you do, when you're involved in, in football, with it's, well, I call it a Saturday sport. It's, I know you play midweek, but you can get by without playing midweek. But it's tough when you don't play on Saturdays. It really is tough. You know what can you do? You can't do anything about it. You know we've just got to get on with it. It's not ideal, but it's not ideal for everybody. Turning to League One and MK Dons travel to Walsall looking to halt a run of three defeats in a row. New signing Ryan Hall will be part of that squad. The winger was a free agent, having been released by Leeds in November after a disciplinary issue. He was sentenced for a fray whilst at South End. But does the MK Dons boss think bringing in a player who's had previous off-field issues is a risk? You take a risk for, for many different reasons and every single player that you do. And the risk with Ryan is he's not playing much football and the risk is whether our fans can accept him hopefully um, the kid everyone needs a chance in life everyone deserves a chance if he messes me over once he's gone doesn't get a second chance here he knows that Manchester United have announced that Nemanja Vidic is to leave the club at the end of the season. And finally, the Tosji Winter Olympics officially begins today with the opening ceremony taking place later. Craig Pickering from Milton Keynes is in the bobsleigh team. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at seven. Across beds, hearts and hearts. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
one person there, that's Catherine Ball, one person here, that's me, and one person over there... Well, sorry. Um, it, it's Kelly. Uh, Kelly. Kelly. Uh, 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 Betts. Kelly Betts, OK. Hands up, who gives us stuff about the Sochi, Sochi, whatever it's called, Winter Olympics? Uh, When's that on? Now. Oh. I might watch bits of it. I'll watch the outtakes. I had enough of the other Olympics. And then we got the World no. Cup in a bit well, as well. I like, I like the other Olympics. By surprise, I like the other Olympics. Oh, I like the other Olympics, but the, we still bang on about the other Olympics. It was good, though. This one will surprise you, I think. By what? Because you'll end up watching it like the other Olympics. Right, this one won't surprise me. What are you doing? I'm trying to unknot these headphones. Someone it won't... actually knitted with the wires. It won't. Uh, I'm not interested in Sochi. And then we've got World Cup in, like, six weeks. Have we? Yes. That's exciting. It's a really boring year of sport. No, well, the World Cup. Yes. Do you like any sport? Darts. That's not really a Come sport. on, come on, Kels. It's more of an um, right. arcade game. Oh, it is an old-fashioned arcade game, you're right. Mm. 08459, are you done? Yes. 08459, 455, 555. Does it... Is there an echo? Does anybody give us stuff about the Sochi Winter Olympics? Call me now. Well, no one told me about her The way she lied Well, no one told me about her How many people cried But it's too late to say you're sorry How would I know? Why should I care? Don't bother trying to find her She's not there Well, let me tell you about the way she looked The way she acted, the colour of her hair Her voice was soft and cool Her eyes were clear and bright But she's not there Well, no one told me about what could I do? Well, no one told me about her Though they all knew But it's too late to say you're sorry How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her She's not So, uh, papers. Yes. What you got? Um, what you got? What you got? I've got one. I've got the comet. I like the comet. 
you want to send local papers, if you want to send us local papers, then do. Don't need to send us five copies of it. That's perhaps a little bit extreme. But the comet, um, Stevenage edition. Tinnitus sufferer said he considered suicide. I've got tinnitus. It can drive you absolutely spare, can't it? It's, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Nick had uh, a tinnitus expert on. Was it this week or last week? And there was a leaflet left in the studio, which I nicked. Because uh, I've got tinnitus, and it's... it's uh, I don't think I've got it as bad as some... I've got it quite bad, uh, in that there's a constant... If I'm in a silent room, I go nuts and I, I pull my ears off. Oh. It, it, it's constant. In the, let me try and do the sound. In this, in the left ear, there's two different noises as well. So in the left ear... Why are you laughing? I'm not. I'm, I'm just I'm I'm, waiting for the right ear so I can I, get the full effect. I'm pretty much um, blue badge material. Hang on, let me hear the right ear. <laughs> Doesn't everyone have a certain level of noise in their ears? There's nothing... Because it's always got to be about you, isn't it? No, but doesn't everyone... Just saying that maybe you're not so special. What have you got? Um, build a flattened home with JCB. Why? Why? Do you want to know why? To spite his ex, that's why. Oh. You're not having it. Oh. A vengeful builder destroyed the dream home we'd spent five years creating from scratch to stop it falling into the hands of his ex-lover. That'll... Oh, lover. <laughs> lover. 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 Paul Lawton, 66, was in dispute with his former uh, partner, Valerie Keith. He was a pensioner. Former partner doesn't sound as racy as ex-lover, Lover. Um, over his failure to repay a £170,000 loan from her. Mr Lawton, a three-times-married great-grandfather. I don't know why that's relevant when they put things in like it that. Adds, it adds um, colour. OK. Used a JCB to turn the six-bedroom home in the Orkneys to rubble in just five hours then, rather than hand it over to cover his debt. Well done. Well done. Well, no, hang on. No, bad. Uh, Barbara's in Stevenage. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Just a question about the BBC. Yes. Oh. Why has it recently stopped giving people nationalities? Oh. Just now in, the, in your news, yes. news thing, it said, so from Hungary... No, he didn't say Hungary. No. Yeah, he said hungry. She said something hungry, and I thought, why is the player hungry? And then I realised it should have been Hungarian. Oh. And then, if you notice in some of your things, they say Wales. You know, the team is from Wales. Yes. They aren't the Welsh. No, they are the Welsh. Yes, no, but you don't say that. I don't say it. No, 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 a lot of newsreaders don't say it anymore. Oh, well, Catherine Boyle, uh, former newsreader. I often say it. They're Welsh or Wales. Well, that's a bit rude. What? So what? So tell us what you would like to say. Well, they should. If you, if a, if a team comes from Wales, yes, the team comes. No, no, no. They're Welsh. Ah. Can I ask you a, a question, Barbara? Yes. Personal question. Yes. Intimate. Yes. Can you swim? Yes. Can you? Yes. Have you always been able to swim? Since the age of three, yes. Since the age of three. And how did you learn, Barbara? Were you the old school where they just chucked you in, or did you have lessons and things? Well, I was I was born by the water, so we had oh. to learn to swim. Born by the water? What, you're on a, uh, on a riverbank? Mm, well, the nursing home was on the riverbank, bank, but I actually was born in Cornwall, so we learned oh, to swim very quickly. Beautiful. I bet you did. Fantastic. Do you miss Cornwall? No. You prefer Stevenage over Cornwall? 
Um, I prefer sandwich. Yes, yes, at the moment I do. Yeah, I suppose so at the moment. Barbara, thank you very much. We, we will pass that information on. Serena, think on. Think on, Serena. Uh, the reason we're talking about swimming, it, it, it's not as bizarre as it uh, sounds. We, we were shocked to, defi- uh, to find out this morning that Kelly Betts, who's, let's be honest, is nearly 30. You, what? Sorry, let's try what? that again. The, one more. What? There we go. You're nearly 30. I'm 19. Uh, mm. And 10. 19 and 10. <laughs> uh, you can't swim. No. Why is this? Um, I just don't really like the water. Right. I passed my red because I uh, ran. <laughs> passed your red? I think she's that your first badge? Swimming. That was my first badge. So what do you mean you ran? So my legs were running, but my arms were gliding smoothly across the water. OK, so underneath it, you were walking, though. <laughs> Yeah. That's your, that's only that's not going to help when you're on a, a cruise liner that capsizes and you're in the middle of the ocean. You won't get me on one. You, do you not go on boats? If I do, I'd wear two life jackets. Well, that's quite. And sad. Sit in a boat. See, I, I'm not a very good swimmer. I'm, I can do it. I'm, I'm not very strong or fast. I can do it, but it takes me ages. Okay. But I, I found can do it. my um, diary the other day from when I was a kid, oh. and almost every week, still haven't passed my red. Oh, what would what? Still haven't passed. My red. Could you? Would you be able to bring that diary in? <laughs> Why? <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. How old were you? About 12. Oh, that's got to be worth a read. They're the best ones. Bring it in. Tell you what, next week, it's Paul McCartney 80s week, and it's uh, National Diary Week, I've just decided as well. And we'll read extracts from oh, your I diary. I feel like I'm sweating yeah. just at the thought. We'll read extracts from your diary, and we'll encourage the listeners to phone in with extracts from their diaries when they were children. Yes. Yes, if you, if you remember next week, then that's oh, what I'll do. I'm remembering it. That'll be good. That'll be good. Just thinking about the diary. The only diary I kept up. It's got some right nonsense in there. <laughs> I had never kept a diary, so I'm out of this game. I did illustrations. Really? Have you still got it? I think so. Bring I think it in. my mum's. Oh, get, get your mum to send it down, please, please. National Diary Week next week on BBC Three Counties Radio. We're celebrating... incriminating things in there. I want people to phone up with their teenage diaries next week. <laughs> that's what we'll do. We'll get Justin... Right, that's, that's the plan for next week. But uh, on the subject of swimming, not, not taking the mick out of Kelly Betts for not being able to swim. I, I, it, it's, some people just get caught up. The, I, I went to see my young lad, four-year-old boy, swimming yesterday at his school. They put on a swimming display. All I can say about him was it was a joy to see... He's very keen. He's enthusiastic. He's, he's enthusiastic, and that's what... He wasn't the best swimmer there, but he was enthusiastic. And the improvement from when, when we used to take him swimming a year ago was incredible. I think swimming lessons make a big difference. Yep. My little girls just started with a proper swimming instructor rather than just splashing around with us, and they do as they're told. Yeah, they do. They do sit it. down, they and put they, their goggles on, they get in the water. And there isn't that whole fuss about, let's take your armbands off, I don't want to take them off. Yep. When the instructor says it, they come off. It was a joy to see. So, look, uh, adults that can't swim, are you one of them do you not feel a bit left out do you, do you do you avoid swimming pools and the sea as a result of it oh eight four five nine four double five five double five the phone number. we've got 30 seconds Catherine. I've oh got, i've got nothing oh come on carry on well no I've, i'll we'll just go to the traveler uh, uh, alice yes can we come to you early because Catherine's um, not got anything that is absolutely are fine. you sure i've got i've got those loads you've got loads <laughs> right right let, let me let me press the button here we go Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
major problems on the M25 clockwise. Three lanes are closed at junction 16 for the M40. Also, no access from the M40 in either direction because the slip roads have been closed because of flooding. In Luton, Gypsy Lane is closed by Parkway train station and police are on the scene. We're not sure if it's an incident or flooding at the moment. In Marston Mortain, the A421 westbound is closed above the roundabout because of flooding, so you're having to use the slip roads there as a diversion. On the North Orbital, there's flooding between London Coney Roundabout and the A1M Junction 3. Callers have said that the road there is down to a single lane. On public transport, First Capital Connect have trains not stopping at New Barnet, Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace. And on East Coast, there are delays of up to half an hour and cancellations possible between Stevenage and King's Cross. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 6.46 or thereabouts. It's Friday the 7th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Brothels in Milton Keynes are getting exposure on social media. The Prime Minister wants people in the UK to try and dissuade voters in Scotland from backing independent. Wow, this is real news I'm reading. And in sport, the English National Badminton Championships are being held in Milton Keynes this weekend. Let's get the... Oh, Elizabeth! Hello, good morning. Did you have a diary when you were a teenager? Uh, um... Yeah, I think so. Did you? Would you still have access to it? No, I think I burnt it. Oh, it no. What was yeah. in it that was so bad? Oh, you know, boys and stuff. <laughs> Naughty, Rizzini. Ah. We're having... No, no, listen, next week we're having a national uh, celebration of people's teenage diaries. Okay. So if you can remember anything that was in there, okay. we want to hear it next week, OK? OK. Here, here we go. Here's the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A bit of weather, a bit more fun. Um, There's lots of standing water. You've already been hearing about it in the travel, but, um, you know, do plan your journey with care this morning. Um, Plenty of flooding out there on the roads and the pavements. There's more rain to come as well. Uh, Plenty of showers around through the course of this morning um, from the, um, well, from the dregs of this system, basically. That's eventually going to clear away. And actually, I've got better news for this afternoon because it is going to be drier. It's going to be brighter. There'll be some spells of sunshine. You might even be able to kid yourself that there's a bit of spring-like something in the air a bit later on today. Top temperatures of up to 7 or 8 degrees Celsius at 46 in Fahrenheit. So a drier afternoon, basically. As we head into this evening's rush hour, though, there are further showers tracking in from the west. That's going to lead to longer spells of rain overnight, and the winds will pick up too. Uh, Lows tonight of around 5 or 6 degrees Celsius. If you've got plans for the weekend, think twice about doing anything outdoors tomorrow. There will be some pretty fierce showers around, some hail, some thunder, always possible and some strong gusts of wind, perhaps gusting up to 40 to 50 miles an hour, but Sunday, a quieter day, still quite blustery but it should be dry, it's still going to stay stormy at times into next week that's the forecast If you walk into a room and Janice is having sex with another man, is there never an instance where it makes you feel a bit jealous? I guess there must be a tinge of that, but the tinges get lower every time. When she's come back every time, like the parrot, for 17 years. Listen from nine this morning to find out why more couples like Richard and Janet are taking part in swinging across beds, hearts and bucks. They always get luck at these parties. Hear why they do it, what it brings to their relationships and whether it affects their marriage. Just imagine not being jealous anymore and having as much fun as you wanted. The JVS Show Swingers Special, coming up from nine. There we go. That's uh, certainly going to be one to listen to. 
privately. Now, I've got put out a warning, apparently. Lots of people, uh, there's loads of accidents on the roads. I don't know where specifically. I can't give you detailed information. And there's a lot of flooding on roads. There is. I was driving on the motorway and I got. Well, I, I was in one lane. Lorry on the uh, inside or the outside, the left. Which is, which is that? Inside. inside. Okay. And then a car overtook me on the outside. They're both whoom, big... Sandwich. Yeah, sandwich, and I could not see a thing. Luckily, I bought uh, a new windscreen wiper yesterday because one of my windscreen wipers had broken. I tell you what I'd like. What? Where do I get these from? I genuinely, I'd like one of these. And I texted Kelly about this yesterday, and she didn't reply. One of those brown... Oh, yeah, you, she replied abuse. One of those brown caretaker stroke woodwork teacher jackets. You know, the, right. you know the brown ones? That a prop of, man. They come, yeah, a prop man. They come down just below the knee... I'd like one of those. I'd like to... What put, for? For the show. I'd like to... I'd like to... Because oh, I, I, I was at my boy's school yesterday, I looked into the woodwork class, and there was a woodwork teacher wearing one of those. I thought, wouldn't it be nice... But he was working wood. So am I. Wouldn't it be nice to go to work and, 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 and put on a, a work costume? I'll get you a tabard. I don't want a tabard. Okay. I'm not Ollie. I don't want a tabard. I'd like a brown caretaker stroke woodwork teacher's... Jacket. Where would I get one of those from, Steve? Do you know? Don't know. Hardware store. <laughs> That's not, well, you, you're laughing. That's not yeah, a bad suggestion. Yeah, you've got to think about where practical men hang out. I'll have a... You're not one of them, are you? <laughs> I'm going to ignore that, and I'm going to <laughs> go to a hardware store at the weekend. Come Monday, I will be wearing my woodwork teacher's brown jacket. Oh, good. It's going to be a lot of fun. What do you want, Steve? What nonsense you got for us this morning? Who do you want to upset oh, today? <laughs> Should we pay women to stay at home to look after their own children instead of uh, sending them to childcare? Because it seems a bit of a joke having kids and then shipping them out to childcare. Well, you know what I mean? You have your kids, you're supposed to look after them, surely. Yeah. Well, why should we pay them to stay at home and look after them? Well, it'd be a bit cheaper than, than paying the uh, childminder, wouldn't it? A thousand pounds a month. Well, it'll be cheaper for the mums. It wouldn't be cheaper for me. Listen, why should we pay for other people to go to childcare as well? Well, we're not paying that much, It's not the taxpayer to do, is it? But, but hang on, you want to pay for the mums to stay at home? A little bit more than they normally get, but it still work out a bit cheaper. Uh, uh, look, can, have you, can you show me your working out on this, please? No, I, I haven't. I'm, I'm too tired. Oh, you've not, you're, oh, sorry, Steve, you're telling me you've just plucked ideas out of your backside. No, but it's a good idea. It's a proper idea. That's why kids go AWOL, because the parents ain't there. They know the parents are never there. There is. And when they're older, they go drinking, drugs, everything else. There is. But they need a stable upbringing. You know what one of them is? I'm going for that gap there. There is sort of something, I think, in parents staying home. But why is it just the mum, Steve? All right, well, the dad, I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not worried. As long as someone stays at home and looks after the kids, I'm not really interested in the the sex of who's looking after him, as long as there's someone there, because it's, he's mental, though. What's the point of having a kid and you don't look after him? Well, the thing I don't understand about is people have kids and then send them to boarding school. Now, that is insane. Why would you send your kids to boarding school? Yeah, well, may- maybe they should do a boarding school in the summer holidays. What? Do a boarding school in the summer, summer holidays. That is what you said, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, you've Teaches got... the manners. Teach the... Teaches yes. Them- Discipline. Discipline, manners, yes, Steve. Lovely to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. He's right, though. We should have some sort of camp, shouldn't we, we send children to? So they have it in the they? States, summer camp. I'm not completely against that idea. The reason why I was a little bit, bit bamboozled there, because I found myself almost agreeing with, with Steve? Steve from Dunstable. I know. What fresh hell is this? I know, it's insane. But I kind of think that in the ideal world, a parent should stay at home with the kids. Yeah. 
No, not not mums, not dads, either. Either on. I've, I've said this before. If my wife earned more than me uh, and it was enough for me to stop working, I would I would walk out of exactly. this studio straight away and go home and be a house husband but with great pleasure. Unfortunately, we're all slaves to economics, aren't we? Oh, look at you. Well, you know, I've thought about it a lot. I'm slave to the rhythm. Speaking of rhythms, Ooh. Kelly Betts, what have we got next? Well, it's our BBC Introducing Track of the Week. Introducing is a show that's broadcast live every day, night, between eight and nine, presented by Gary Floyd. This week's track is called Handprints, and it's by As Elephants Are from Chesham. Ah, 
You see, it'll be so easy to do a show like that, but we never, never will. That was um, the. I've got, that was a band. That was about elephants. And they are local and indeed very, very vocal. And I look forward to seeing them on Top of the Pops next Thursday. That was as elephants yes. are from Chesham, and that was their song Handprints. And last year we took them to Reading and Leeds, and they performed oh, them on there. the introducing stage. Oh, and they were the amazing. Okay, that's great. They sound good. They sound. It's quite you two-ish. The jangly music underneath, not the singing. That was something else. But good. They should definitely carry on with that. So, lots to talk about this morning. I, I, let's put this plea out now. We'll, we'll, do, we'll put this on Twitter and Facebook over the weekend. And, Paul McCartney callers, that no, one. No, <laughs> maybe he's asleep. He's an old man now. Uh, no, next week, diary week. We want extracts from your diary. <laughs> if you can find your teenage diary. Boys and... I don't think boys had diaries, though. It was Or feelings, oh, according to my diary. You are so cold. <laughs> I, I had more feelings than I knew what to do with. Really? Them. Or yeah. did they just put that onto, you know... I was the romance swa- thing was pretend. I was swamped by feelings, for goodness sakes. I haven't got any now. I've, I've managed to train myself to ignore them. <laughs> uh, but we want your diaries, please. Now, you can either phone them up and read them, or you can email bits in, uh, and we'll get Paul Scoynes, political reporter, to read them. Paul Scoynes is going to read some of your diary, Kelly Betts. Uh, it's the only reason I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Send in your... E- if you've got a diary, you can email me bits, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk, or if you want to just come on and read some of yours next week, get in touch with us now so we have your details, uh, and we'll give you a call next week. This, this could be the humiliation of an entire uh, three counties part of the British... Isles. Well, maybe it will unite us that we were all divvies when we were younger. I think we were all divvies. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, three lanes are closed at Junction 16 for the M40. And there's no access from the M40 in either direction because the slip roads have been closed because of flooding. Congestion is going to 15 for the M4 at the moment. On the M11 northbound, it's been reopened between 8 for Bishop Stortford and 9 for Saffron Walden after an accident. It is very slow in that area, though, and water is about a foot deep there. The M1 London bound, there's been an accident at Junction 5 for Watford, and there's a lot of surface water in that area as well. On public transport, First Capital Connect have drains, trains sorry, not stopping at New Barnet, Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace after overhead wire problems. I'm Alice Cross at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Naughty, naughty Twitter. There are dirty people out there offering you naughty services. I'll say no more, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But we'll be finding out how much is out there and how much it costs. We won't be finding out. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, the headlines. Brothels in Milton Keynes get overexposure on social media. Former headmaster gets eight years for sexual abuse and badminton comes to Buckinghamshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's concern prostitution is being openly advertised on Twitter in Milton Keynes. It's clear accounts are being used to promote brothels in the new city. Well, John Carr, who's advised the government and the United Nations on child internet safety, wants a change. It's not just the images. I mean, these people are also selling sexual services and there's all sorts of risks associated 
associated with that as well. I'm sure no parent would be happy at the thought that their kids are on a service where pictures of the kind that you've obviously seen would be horrified at the thought that the kids are being exposed to that kind of thing. And stay listening for more on this story as Ian Lee will be speaking to Prostitution Agency coming up straight after this bulletin here on BBC Three Counties Radio. A former Buckinghamshire headmaster has been sentenced to eight years in prison for sexually abusing pupils in the 50s and 60s. Roland Peter Wright was amongst a group of paedophile teachers who exploited their position of trust at Caldicott Prep School. Wright's former colleague, Hugh Henry, was also due to be sentenced yesterday but committed suicide earlier this week. Peter Saunders is from NAPAC, the National Association for People Abused in Childhood. He will appeal. He would, at the very least, serve only half of his sentence. And he, he may well get out before. And, of course, I notice, you know, that he's on his, his walking stick and, and doubtless his, his defence team will, will make a good case that he's an ill man and shouldn't be in prison. Elsewhere, David Cameron wants people in every part of the United Kingdom to use their influence to dissuade Scottish residents from voting for independence in September's referendum. He's due to give a major speech at the Olympic Park in London. The head of the Environment Agency, Lord Smith, will visit the Somerset levels for the first time during the prolonged spell of flooding. Many residents in the area believe the severity of the floods and the damage they've caused to homes and farms has been worsened by the failure of the agency to dredge the rivers which carry water off the land and out to sea. A British company submitted plans to build what's thought to be the world's first lagoon power plant at a site in Swansea Bay. The firm, Tidal Lagoon Power, wants to build at least five lagoons in UK waters, which it suggests may provide 10% of the country's electricity needs within a decade. Sport now then, the English National Badminton Championships are being held in Milton Keynes this weekend. The first games are being played in the new arena today at Stadium MK. Well, coming out of retirement to play is Bedford's Olympic silver medalist Gail Ems. But she says it won't be a long-term move. My time as a badminton player is, has been and gone and I loved every single moment of it. But it, to be a professional sports person, it is a full-time job and I can't do that. Weather for beds, hearts and bucks then and it's going to be windy and wet. Temperatures reaching 9 degrees Celsius, same as yesterday. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Serena. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning. Oh, sorry, Catherine, am I keeping you up? How rude, stifling a yawn, not even stifling it. Adverts in the back of papers offering massages. Well, nothing new, but it turns out they're on Twitter as well, and they're very, very explicit on Twitter. Some even include naughty photographs. Well, are you surprised, or are you going, ah, yeah, so it's Twitter? And is there anything we can do to protect our kids? We'll also be updating you on the case that we spoke about yesterday of the former Buckinghamshire headmaster who abused young boys in his care. He was sentenced yesterday. Find out what happened later. And we'll also be speaking to a councillor from Tring who thinks commemorating the start of World War I is wrong and sends out, quote, odd message to other countries. Really? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can email me, ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-double-E at BBC.co.uk. But the best way 
to uh, get in touch, of course, is uh, on the phone. 08 459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, Kelly. Hi. Uh, what question do you want on Facebook? Um, I defer to my producer and <laughs> superior, Catherine Boyle. What question do we want on Facebook? I don't think we should be discussing this on air. Close the fader and talk well, that's to not Trevor. Go- that's not going to get he has much pressing response, matters. Is it, Facebook? Yeah, he has Is very it? pressing matters to discuss with you. OK, right. And uh, less cheek, thank you. Oh, sorry, boss. I've been told, haven't I, Trevor? Yes, hello, Trevor. How are you doing? Hello? Yeah, yes, hello? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, your phone line... Right. Oh, who set this call up? He was fine when I spoke to him. We had a good old chat. Trevor, your phone line is awful. Yeah, it's quite a bad signal where I'm sitting, I'm afraid. Trevor, I- move back to where you were when we spoke. I haven't moved. I haven't moved. Right. Can you stick your head out the window? <laughs> I don't think that helps. I'll tell you what we'll do, Trevor. We'll call you back. And uh, we'll try and get on a better line. It sounded like Norman Collier. Sounded like Norman Collier, didn't it, Dennis? No, it didn't. It was Norman Collier. No idea. You don't know who Norman Collier is? No idea at all. He was um, one of the undisputed kings of British comedy. Norman Collier would pretend his microphone had broken, and he'd go, Good evening, ladies and I'm here to, to tell you about the... Is this... Hello? What? I can't hit the... Oh, I, Steve, Steve, the microphone's not... Okay. You do that. For 20 years, he would do that. Well, you buy, didn't buy a decent phone. And speaking of decent phones, Trevor's back. Yes, Trevor? Hello, Ian. Now, we can that hit, that's much better, Trevor. Success, success. What, what, what have you got for us? No, just so you know, there's been uh, quite a serious accident on the 414, just outside Burnside. Oh, blimey. They've closed it from Hatfield down at Tesco's. Um, they've closed, it's been about half an hour now since they've closed the road. Emergency services have been on scene for about an hour. Oh dear, uh, oh dear. Well, uh, our, our um, best thoughts and wishes to the people involved and hope that it's nothing uh, too too serious for those involved. But w- whereabouts are you then? Are you, are you stuck in the traffic? No, we're actually, our, our yard is actually exactly where the accident is. So oh. there's, uh, we're, we're trying to get out, but the police won't let us out. Oh, so. let you out. Okay. So just yeah. tell us exactly where it is again, Trevor, so people can avoid it. If, if Well, if, if you're trying to get on the 414 from Tesco's at Hatfield... Going towards Hartford, it's closed. It's OK happen. the other way, but it's closed, yeah. Why? The, the, closed. The, I saw some... Like, driving in this morning, and the, the, the parts of the motorway were covered in water, and people were still doing 70, 80, 90 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they fly past and then wonder why they're in a ditch. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. Well, Trevor, I appreciate your call. I'm glad we, we got to hear you clear in the end. It's an important message, so thank you for that. It's incredible. Listen, nothing's that much of a rush. People bombing past me on, on the motorway this morning. 80, 90 miles an hour. Wowzers. Dennis. Good morning. Yes. Now then, the brown jacket. Why, why are you buying a brown jacket? I was at my lad's school yesterday. I looked through the window and there was the CDT teacher, uh, Woodwork, and he was wearing a brown jacket. And I thought, oh, I've often fancied one of them and now I'm 40. <laughs> I, I can justify buying one. I'd like to wear it for the, when I come in and do the show. I'd like to wear kind of a uniform for the show. Yeah, but that's a chippy's job. There's chippy's thing. D- a denim jacket. Oh, get it down. A denim jacket? Listen. If, I don't want a, going, I don't want a denim going jacket. To, you're going to be a woodwork teacher. Buy a practical one, not a brown He's a woodwork teacher. He's not, he's not going to do any work. What? He's just going to wander around with his hands in his pockets, telling the kids what to do. If you're going to do some woodwork, buy a, the smock. 
I don't... a fisherman's smock and turn it back to front so that the hand, the two pockets at the front are out, two pockets in the back. You've... Then you can do as much chipping as you like without Hello. getting pockets full of chips. You've completely misunderstood what I'm speaking about yet again, Dennis. Oh, it's the uniform you want, is it? I, I want, think. no, I want the brown jacket the woodwork teachers get, or caretakers. Yes. I'm not actually going to do any woodwork. You're not going to do any work either, are you? Is that the idea? You want to keep your clothes clean? I want, a, I want the brown jacket the caretakers and CDT teachers wear. Well, why do you need a brown one? Why not buy a bright red one or a blue one? Oh, for goodness sakes. He's banned until Monday, OK? I'm banning Dennis for the weekend. He's not coming on this at all. Uh no. Thank you. What? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's always been widely available on the internet. If pornography didn't exist, the internet would probably wouldn't either, to be honest. It's the most Googled thing on there. Apart from, of course, my show's listening page, listen again page. It's very nice. Thanks very much for that. But uh, the fact is that brothels in Milton Keynes are advertising on Twitter. It's been criticised by a government advisor on internet safety for children. And it's not vague tongue-in-cheek mysterious sex code. It's explicit language with pornographic pictures. Joined now by Sarah Walker from the English Collective of Prostitutes. Morning, Sarah. Good morning. It's not appropriate, is it, to be advertising brothels and these sexual services on Twitter, is it? I haven't actually seen the adverts myself, so it's it's hard to say. But, you know, women are trying to find ways to advertise because there's, you know, there's been a crackdown on flats and on all the other ways that women try to work. So it's, you know, it's not surprising that you know, women may be trying to find other ways to advertise. But on Twitter, where, where it's it's used by children, that seems a little bit um, well, inappropriate. I, you know, there are you know there are programs and there are apps that actually block um, inappropriate content. Uh, content. So I don't really see how children would be getting to these Twitter accounts myself. I mean, it's not easy if you if you using the internet it's really unusual to find that sort of thing unless you're looking for it well the, well our reporter uh, who brought the story to our attention w- was included in tweets that he he did not want that uh, mention this i mean some of these i've got some of these here uh, that they're, they're quite disgusting i can't even read them on the radio she'll straddle your something and give you something something um hashtag happy endings now the, the, these the, 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 this isn't good to see on the internet on twitter is it which is used well, a lot by I, young people. All, all I can say is uh, we're really surprised that your researcher has found this material because we, I mean, we've just talked to people and we've never heard of anyone who's, who's actually come across something like that inadvertently. It Generally, people find that stuff because they're looking for it. But, you know, that's uh, what we do know is that women are, are trying to work uh, there's, you know, there's been a crackdown on Soho and in other areas. Um, some women are being forced back onto the streets, where it's ten times more dangerous. And uh, the, the, you know, the economic climate is really, really bad, as we all know. And so, women, you know, women are, you know, trying to earn and put food on the table. That's our experience. So, would you suggest that it is better for these women to be um, the plying their trade on the internet as opposed to putting adverts in newspapers or walking on street corners? Well, women have been using the internet for a very long time. 
it's it is not really new. Um, it seems that somebody has a complaint about a tweet, but without having seen the tweet, I, I I don't know what their complaint is about. I do know that there are measures that you know block inappropriate content. So I'm not sure what the problem is, really. Sarah, I, I, in many ways, I kind of agree with you. Thank you very much indeed. Sarah Walker there from the English Collective of Prostitutes. Are we making a fuss out of nothing? Are we? Uh, or are you worried about the safety of your children uh, on things like Twitter? I don't know if... Can you block things? I know you can block accounts on Twitter. And I know you can set up these net nannies and these, these things that block pornographic um, uh, images on, uh, on, when you Google things. But does that apply to Twitter as well? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Should we stop shrugging it off? That's what the government advisor told us. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. think about this whole thing. Ah, oh, man. You know, it's the internet. If you want to find it, find it. I haven't personally, inadvertently um, been seen sex things on, on Twitter. I know they are out there. I know if you look for them, um, you will find them. If you're typing Milton Keynes Escort now into Twitter, naughty things will pop up. But is it a case of you have to go and look for them? Are we making a fuss out of nothing? If I'm completely honest, part of me thinks that we are. Part of me thinks it's a little bit of a knee joke. Oh, the internet's naughty. Oh, Twitter's naughty. Well, you know, worse things happen on Twitter. Hey, my son was threatened with being killed on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? I would say that's worse than uh, someone trying to earn a few quid for, you know, offering services. Or maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Don't forget next week, next week, dear listener, as well as celebrating the magic of eighties Paul McCartney, we're also I also want you to get in touch with your diaries. I want you to read extracts from your teenage diaries next week. Now I never had one. Kelly Betts had one. She's going to bring that in, and Paul Scoynes is going to read it. Catherine, you had one. Yes, I did. I used to write ridiculous things. Was it? Was it? How old were you? Thirteen, fourteen? Probably about. 14. No, I would have been a bit older. Oh. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So I'm imagining... About 15, 16. I'm imagining it's about boys and it's bitching about your closest best friends. It's about one particular boy. Oh, really? Mm. I mean, and with that, again, we've got young ears listening, so we have to tread very carefully. I mean, was it... Um, was it explicit, or did you write in a code in case your mum found it? No, it was just nonsense. She'd have been bored, rigid reading it, to be honest. It was all my inner angst. And I did um, cartoons to illustrate it. Yeah, I know. Weird what? kid. I was a weird kid. It was before the internet. <laughs> yeah, the, can you imagine? There was no internet when we were children. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I really want to get you to call up next week and read extracts from your di- diary. And if you if you wrote poems in your diary, oh, oh, oh teenage poems, yes, please. Uh, why don't you send me an email and uh, we can sort this out for next week. Ian dot Lee at BBC dot co dot UK. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M25 clockwise, three lanes are closed at junction 16 for the M40 and there's no access from the M40 in either direction. Uh, the slip roads have been closed and that's because of flooding. There are severe delays there, back to 14 for Heathrow Terminal 4. There's also three lanes blocked between 20 for Kings Langley, um, lane 3 block, sorry, and 21 for the M1 because of flooding. In Sandridge, the High Street is only just passable around House Lane. And in Mark Yate on the A5, callers report that the road is only just passable heading towards the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne. On public transport, First Capital Connect have trains not stopping at New Barnet, Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace because of overhead wire problems. I'm Alice Foss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. It's Friday the 7th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A government advisor says there should be a crackdown on Twitter adverts promoting sexual services in Milton Keynes. It's thought a former Buckinghamshire headmaster given eight years in prison for sexually abusing pupils will appeal his sentence in order to serve less time. Manchester United's miserable season has been set yet another blow with captain Nemanja Vidic confirming he's leaving Old Trafford. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. 08459 455555. Five, five, five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni. We'll talk about your partner's annoying habits this after a woman filed for divorce after just one week. I, I know I, I snore and I snore badly, but I can't help it. Roberto Peroni. It's Friday. Why am I even bothering to go to work today? You've got to. You never know when a dope suddenly appears in front of you and you've got to dive in. You need a lot of love, a bit of patience to keep a relationship going. Sometimes you have to turn a blind eye. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Ian has tweeted me, uh, these are the sexy Twitter accounts you're talking about. W- what are their names? Hashtag asking for a friend. Uh, Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. Now, this brown uh, um, jacket worn by caretakers and CDT teachers, you know what I'm talking about, don't yes, you? Indeed, yes. But if you got yourself a Harris Tweed, it would last you the rest of your life and, and wouldn't look rubbish after about 18 months. Harris Tweed? Yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm Googling a Harris Tweed. Well, you Google oh, it. Oh, my, my, my. Set and stylish. Yeah. Beautiful. And, uh, and if you wanted to buy one, and, and you know, a West End store or something like that. Yeah. Look to see if they've got any suburban stores. You'll find the same item much cheaper. I'm not 72 years old, though, Peter. You don't have to be. Really? It looks to like... To be stylish, to be stylish, you've got to be you. Yeah. Are you stylish, Peter? <laughs> Reasonably so. Yeah. What, what are you wearing right now? Well, I'm just, I'm just up, so I'm not dressed yet. A dressing gown. <laughs> Peter! Well, bless my soul. What's wrong with me? <laughs> uh, but, but the thing is, that, that jacket would look very smart, and I bet you'd look like an absolute star in that jacket. But I, I want that long, um, sort of, it's like an overcoat. The, the brown overcoat that they wear in woodwork classes, just below the knees. No, 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 no. no. I do. Harris tweeds are not like that. No, I know. <laughs> That's why I'm not looking for a Harris tweed. Oh, well, you're talking Burberry, maybe. No, but <laughs> Kelly's got some question. What you're saying is you want to look like Inspector Gadget? No. <laughs> do, you, do you not know Inspector Gadget, Peter? No, not at all. Go, go, Gadget legs! Oh, 
Good, good goodness gracious me. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. I think we've blown his mind. I like a bit of Inspector Gadget. No, there's a specific jacket I want. I, maybe I'm not describing it well enough. And maybe I'm not describing it well enough. We'll, 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 I'll, 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 I'll work on my description. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, back to the story uh, we spoke about yesterday. The former headmaster of a Buckinghamshire school has been sentenced to eight years for abusing boys in his care. Roland Peter Wright was one of a number of paedophile teachers who exploited their position at Caldicott School in the 50s and the 60s. Another, Hugh Henry, was due to be sentenced yesterday, but committed suicide on Tuesday. Well, if you were listening yesterday, you'll remember uh, that we spoke to Tom Perry from Amersham, who was one of the first people to report Roland Wright, and uh, we uh, did say that we'd get Tom back today to get his view on the sentencing. Morning, uh, Tom. You were in court yesterday. How, how did it feel seeing Roland Peter Wright... Well, of course, I saw him during the trial. Mm. Um, in fact, he was the closest person to me because he wasn't in the um, he wasn't in the dock. He was allowed to sit outside the dock, and he was the closest person to me apart from um, the prosecuting QC. So, <clears throat> seeing Peter Wright <clears throat> was neither here nor there. The impact on me yesterday was the fact that the courtroom was utterly packed. Um, there were many former pupils of Caldicott there and their partners, people who've been affected by the fallout of this man's systematic abuse of children at the school. Uh, It was a truly astounding day. And I have to say, um, um, you know, to sound slightly cliched by it, but I really do feel as though I've been hit by a truck. Astounding is not the word I was expecting. Can you expand on that, Tom? Well, you have to understand that many of the people who were in court um, who were complainants and their partners and, you know, one or two members of extended families who have been so adversely affected, many of them I've not met, I've not seen. And so for the first time, I was meeting people who were, who preceded me at the school, who followed me at the school. You see, there were five complainants from the first trial, which was stayed in 2003, and there were five complainants from the second trial um and so therefore you know we had a lot of people in court and 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 a large number of those 10 i didn't know they're people i didn't know they weren't in my they weren't contemporaries of mine and meeting them and um then afterwards you know um sharing some of the experiences and i don't mean the you know the mm. the gruesome details it's the it's the feelings and the effect that it's had on us and and and, and many other things i in many ways it was a great comfort being with them but it was a jarring experience and um of course we had to go through uh, a recap from the judge and um i was hearing you know, sort of some of the things that had occurred um, for the first time. Um, few of them surprised me, to be candid with you. But nonetheless, you hear them resonating around the court. And it's quite a process, I have to say. You, you said you, uh, you, you sat near him and you saw him frequently throughout the trial. Did he acknowledge you in any way? No, not at all. He was... <clears throat> no, not at all. And he didn't acknowledge the sentencing. I looked over at him when the sentence was passed down and there was not a flicker of emotion none um it's uh, you have to be in just rampant denial 
in the face of all these people and many of his abuse his abusees it's just it's truly astonishing eight years tom yep doesn't sound like a lot to me i mean, remember he's in his early 80s i don't know if that's relevant or not but he doesn't sound like a lot to me what, what do you think about that sentence well <clears throat> of course the judge has to pass sentence on the on the evidence that is before her um and of course <clears throat> one only ever brings um only a percentage of former pupils uh, will come forward mm. and it is a very small percentage let me tell you so eight years <clears throat> now in court candidly with you and I, I remain so today this morning in the sort of cold light of day after not much sleep um i i really do think that is a, a first-rate sentence actually um, I, it may not sound a lot, um, you know, we're, we're, thank God we're not down to the American excesses of, you know, sort of 750 years in prison. I mean, it's drivel. This is eight years. The man is 83. And I think what that does is, and, and here's the important bit. It says, well, he's 83 years old. He's got eight years uh, for uh, the crimes with, for which he was found unanimously guilty and for any perpetrator who is thinking about abusing children now they're going to say well even if I get to 83 when the courts have historically been benign and passed down sentences that have been astonishingly light um, uh, now it has changed let me just give you a comparison and this will be very quick mm. my dear friend Alistair Rolfe, who was with me in Chosen, the documentary, um, which got this whole trial back on the road. And this is a matter of public record, so I'm not going to embarrass Alistair. And, you know, do please remain calm, okay? <laughs> because this has been said and written about and is available on the web. Alistair was serially raped by a teacher there called Martin Carson. This trial was heard by Judge Roger Connor serially raped with another boy the man pled guilty Martin Carlson he got two years suspended to one <sighs> what does this mean for you now Tom I don't want to say this is closure or that you can move on because I'm sure it's not anywhere near as simple as that but, but what does what will the effect what will happen to you now do you think um, oh gosh, the, hmm. well, that's the thousand-dollar question. Mm. For me, it really is, uh, you know, to 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 keep some direction in my existence because it's been absorbed by wanting to get this case and the others to court. And I have to say, it's been that's been such a battle, and now suddenly that that complete focus has gone. Um, and it's almost strange as it may sound. It's almost like a crutch disappearing. And, you know, I'm going to wobble a bit, that's for sure. Mm. So um, I am now concentrating wholly on the um, introduction of legislation through Mandate Now, because this really has the likelihood of or, or the the opportunity for abuses to be allowed to continue as they did at caldecott school for so long 
have got to be stopped. And it's not just Caldecott School, it's all schools, hospitals, etc. All of these places are called collectively regulated activities. So for me, it's about getting um, our proposals, and we've even set out the legislation for the government. They don't have to do much. They just have to read it and discuss it, tick it, and get it in, get it in Parliament. Mm. Because that's the only way, unless, unless suspected and known abuses are reported, they cannot be stopped. Yet the government insists on maintaining this outrageous and ridiculous posture of discretionary reporting. So for me, that's what it's all about. And Tom, if people want to find out more about your campaign, just remind us where they can go. Yes, well, if they just put in Mandate Now, um, straight into Google, all one word, Mandate Now, they'll find both the Twitter site and they'll also find the, the, um, uh, the petition. And the petition sets out clearly what we're seeking, lots of information, lots of links. It's very dry and crinkly, and to lots of people it'll appear incredibly boring. But your children are going to depend upon it. It is absolutely critically important. Tom, thank you for your time uh, yesterday and today, and I wish you the very best of luck with your campaign. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. Tom Perry from Amersham. Who was one of the first people to report Roland Peter Wright, who's been sentenced to eight years. Just a reminder, we had lots of calls uh, on the back of this yesterday from some people um, who seemed vaguely interested and some people who this touched uh, a, a little bit deeper um, and were very upset by it. So if this has, earlier on we spoke to Pete Saunders from the National Association for People Abused in Childhood. They're one of the organisations you can go to if you want to have a word with them. Uh, their phone number is 0800... 085330. It's the National Association for People Abused in Childhood, 0800 085330. And if I remember, I will do my best to remember, I'll give out that phone number a little bit later on. There are, of course, lots of other organisations you can find by going on the internet. Right, it's coming up to 7.30. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, clockwise, we've got major problems. Three lanes are closed at Junction 16 for the M40. There's also no access from the M40 in either direction because of flooding. There are severe delays back to Junction 14. It's taking an hour and a half to get through. The M1 London bound, there's been an accident at Junction 5 for Watford and there's surface water there. Congestion on the sensors going back to Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. We had a call from Neil in Marston Mortain. The A421 westbound is flooded under the bridge and you're having to use the slip roads as a diversion. On public transport, First Capital Connect have service suspended between Hartford North and Stevenage because of flooding. There are also delays on services of half an hour via Welling Garden City and trains are not stopping at New Barnet, Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past seven. I'm Serena Farah with the headlines. The government advisor says there should be a crackdown on Twitter adverts promoting sexual services in Milton Keynes. Elsewhere, it's thought a former Buckinghamshire headmaster given eight years in prison for sexually abusing pupils will appeal his sentence in order to serve less time. A man wanted by police in connection with a serious assault in Potter's Bar has handed himself in to police. 28-year-old Anthony Powell from Tottenham has since been charged with attempted murder and has been remanded in custody. Finally, David Cameron will urge people in every part of the United Kingdom to use their influence to dissuade Scottish residents from voting for independence in September's referendum. There are the news headlines. Now let's move on to the sport. 
Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford midfielder Daniel Toya says he's enjoyed his first week with the club. The former Hungarian international joined the Hornets last week for three months and made his debut in the win over Brighton. He's set to be involved at Leicester tomorrow. Yeah, of course, I think everybody like in football, you know, so he's one of the highest quality in Europe. So even the second division, even the championship is a very, very tough championship. So, so I think English, English football is one of the best in Europe. Meanwhile, Luton manager John Stills hoping tomorrow's conference match against Tamworth will go ahead because the weather isn't looking all that great. Elsewhere in League One, MK Dons travel to Walsall looking to hold a run of three defeats in a row. New signing Ryan Hall will be part of that squad. The winger was a free agent, having been released by Leeds in November after a disciplinary issue. He was sentenced for a fray whilst at South End. But does the MK Dons boss, Carl Robinson, think bringing in a player who's had previous off-field issues is a good move? You take a risk for, for many different reasons, and every single player that you do, and the risk with Ryan is he's not playing much football, and the risk is whether our fans can accept him, hopefully. Um, the kid, everyone needs a chance in life. Everyone deserves a chance. If he messes me over once, he's gone. doesn't get a second chance here. He knows that. Manchester United have announced Nemanja Vidic is to leave the club at the end of the season, serving another blow to them. The Serbian defender wants to challenge himself again, apparently. Away from football, and I know Ian dislikes hearing about the Winter Olympics, but there are others who want to know about them, and in fact they officially kick off today. The opening ceremony will take place later, and we do have someone involved in them as well locally, Craig Pickering from Milton Keynes. He'll feature in the bobsleigh team. Finally, the English National Badminton Championships takes place this weekend in no other place than Milton Keynes. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes. Nina, can you give us a call back, please? 08459 555555. Phil has written on Facebook, Ian, you mean an overall? Like a white lab coat, but brown. Yes, I do. It's exactly what I mean. A jacket is short, a coat is long. Thank you, Phil. Colin's in Dunstable. Morning, Colin. Good morning. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I wish you wouldn't yawn in my ear. Sorry? When you, uh, when you in, just came back off the news, you was, nearly blasted my ear off. That wasn't yawning, that was singing about... Uh, we are celebrating the oh, fact, Colin... What they call it? We are celebrating the fact that badminton is going to be held in Milton Keynes! Oh, oh, dear. oh dear, 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 dear. Right. <laughs> Can you keep it down to, keep it down to a dull rule? Go, go on, Carl. What you got for me, mate? Right, yeah. I mean, the gentleman that you've just got had the text from uh, has got it about right. Oh. Um, I use one for my um, fossil prepping. Um... It's mine's blue. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a blue one. Yeah. What, that, what, what did you blue. say for? I kind of switched off for a second. Uh, y- y- your voice is quite monotone. What did you say you wear the blue one for? When I'm preparing cleaning my fossils. Count down, count down. Is that a euphemism? No. <laughs> is that what you call them? 
Justin. D- Justin? Yes, boss. What's Colin banging on about? Uh, what, his fossils? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have seen Colin's fossils. You sent me to his home oh, yes. to inspect his fossils. <laughs> Ian, it was a terrifying experience. Still to this day, I have not got over it. Oh, Justin. <laughs> mm. You naughty boy. <laughs> oh, this is making me laugh more than it should be. Uh, so, Colin, how many fossils have you got? Too many. Far too many, yes. What, 10, 20, 30, 40, oh, 50 no, or more? Hundreds. Hundreds of fossils? Yeah. And you wear... I'm, I'm, my tongue's in my cheek. Actually, I respect people who have hobbies. I, I genuinely do. You yeah. wear a nice um, a blue uh, overall, do you, to, yeah. to clean them? Yeah. Why is that? It's protection yeah. your clothes. Yeah, yeah. You see, now, this is partly why I want to... Oh, my gosh. Well, newsflash, newsflash, we just need to get this confirmed, but the news wires are saying something quite incredible. We'll come to that in a second. I want to wear it, Colin, because it's nice, isn't it, when you're doing some work, to put on some work clothes. It gets you yes. in the frame of mind. And also, it, it, you've got pockets that you can put tools in. And yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And I'd have pens in mind. Yeah, but, so, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to do my best to get one of these jackets this weekend these coats this weekend Colin well they're readily available on a well known auction site uh, eBay pardon eBay yep lovely <laughs> Colin did you did you keep a diary when you were a kid no oh. never oh, we're trying to get people to phone in next week with their diaries yeah sorry that's something I've never done no it's... I did start one and it had one entry in it I think it's a girl thing because I've at various points very significant points in my life I have started a diary, and I've got I've done one entry. To, when my second son was born, I started keeping a diary, and the thing was, when he was 20, I'd give him this the first year of his life. Yeah, I, they, I, they, no. they, they just don't work. No, do I did nine days, and I got bored. I thought, I'll, I'll just tell him. <laughs> I'll send him an email. Yeah. <laughs> Colin, thank you. Colin, is there any chance you could start a diary this weekend for us? Uh, no. Thanks very much indeed. That's a shame, boss. I'll tell you why, because yeah. can you imagine Colin's diary? When he finds a new fossil, can you imagine the entry in that diary? How exciting would that be? I'm just saying. It's something to be proud of. Now, speaking of excitement... Mm-hmm. Sochi Winter Olympics <laughs> Who gives a stuff not me Boring, boring, boring Snow sports are boring the most expensive games ever, just costing a whopping $50 million. Mm. Uh, Russia is even turning a blind eye to homosexuality, although they are putting down dogs that might be getting in the way. <laughs> the opening ceremony is taking place at 4pm this afternoon. And you they're not being very nice to gay people either. I just did the gay thing. OK, I've mm. just wanted to reinforce that. Thank you very much indeed. What are you, Lush Soap or something? <laughs> uh, Justin, well, you've said Lush are, Lush are doing a campaign oh, yeah. to um, kind of like anti... Like, it's like two fingers up at, um, uh, at uh, Putin. But they're only doing it in this country and it's quite subtle but the thing is though you know however many campaigns people come out with the winter olympics they are still going ahead aren't they they are still going ahead does anybody care Mm. i don't think so yeah 4 p.m this afternoon and the opening ceremony you've sent me out this morning to find out if people do care i've been asking people will they be watching the winter olympics here's what happened oh well i refuse to watch them because they're held in russia and i disagree with what's happening to gay people there because as a bisexual person i'd hate to have to live there 
and I don't see why, as a nation that supposedly supports everyone, we're supporting Russia. Do you think the Team GB should pull out of this tournament? I don't think we should have had the tournament there at all. I don't see how it got passed as a decision, and I don't see how we allowed ourselves to go. If this wasn't in Russia, would you have an interest in the Winter Olympics? Yeah, that's the annoying thing, because I really like skiing, and I really actually like snowboarding and watching both. Alan, good morning. It is chucking it down with rain this morning, but you must be excited about the Winter Olympics, surely? Well, not, not really. Summer Olympics, yeah, was really up for that, but the winter, I've done maybe not enough build-up, you know. But. Let's get to the crux. You couldn't care less, could you? <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> Les, I found somebody. You love the Winter Olympics. Yeah, what yeah. do you get from the Winter Olympics? Well, so I used to ski when I was younger, so I, I just enjoy watching people pushing themselves to the limit. Yeah, and the ski jumping, I think they must be absolutely mad, but I, I appreciate what they do, you know. Because Ian's saying this morning, the Winter Olympics, yeah. they're not sports. Yeah, of course they're sport, yeah. Very competitive, and you know, you've got to you know, train very hard for them, so it's a sport, yeah. Competing. Genuinely, you're very excited about this. I can see your face changing, you're yeah. smiling, you're looking yeah. happy. Genuinely, you're very excited about this. Yeah, yeah I'm very excited. I should be watching it in between working my shifts. <laughs> and you're not sad? I'm not sad, no. Mick, the opening ceremony, you looking forward to it? Opening ceremony... Alison, I'm surprised. Lots of people I'm finding this morning are really interested in the Winter Olympics, including you. Why are you so interested? I just think it's um, an exciting thing to watch. I love skiing, anything to do with sport, basically. And um, I just think it's wonderful to watch. And I'd love to be there, really, but obviously I can't. Because Ian, back in the studio, the warm studio this morning, he's saying, come on, these aren't real sports. What would you say to that? They are real sports, definitely. I mean, you've got to be the right type of person to do it. I can do it. I'm petrified. Um, I've been skiing once when I was younger, and it was amazing. Absolutely loved it. So, yeah, no, I think it's amazing. Uh, I'm not interested in the Winter Olympics, and I'm very angry at the way they're treating homosexuals. Ben, can you describe yourself to our listeners? You look a bit unusual. I've got three hooded tops on. I've got my scarf wrapped around my face. I'm a bit cold and wet. You look like something out of a horror film, (laughs) in the nicest possible way. Thank you. (laughs) Now, you look excited. Are you excited for the Winter Olympics? No, not really. Why are you not interested in a worldwide event like the Winter Olympics? This is big. I don't know. Just not thought about it, really. (laughs) Oh, that that report really made me laugh out loud, Justin. Thank Thank you you. for that. But I love the guy... Winter Olympics. Uh, and the fellow wearing three hoodies. I know. It's unusual. I thought we need to speak to this man. He has got a Vox face. <laughs> what, a, uh, what a great gentleman. That's mm. it. it is boring. It is dull. No one cares. Uh, the jump programme on Channel, Floor, uh, Channel 4 was a flop. Yeah. Uh, the Winter Olympics, I mean, really. Come on, guys. I don't know, though. You know, you know this morning, straight away, people were, were up for it. You know, you heard a couple of people there, very passionate about it. They're yeah. going to be watching it. Uh, I think losers. more people will phone you this morning. Morning, no. the, the, than what you anticipate. I think there are lots of people out there who, for whatever reason, it's not for me, they are looking forward to the Winter Olympics. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number. Justin, listen, I know you're off next week. Mm. Uh, you didn't run that one past me. Never mind. Sorry, boss. Do you, do you reckon you could do a little bit of prep for next week's show? Yeah, what are you after? Next week, I want people, uh, uh, people to phone up. Oh, Catherine, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Tell people what you're doing. <laughs> Tell people what you're doing. Hard work. Tell them what you've done. Can I say it? Yes. It's about to be the best thing I've ever said. She's put her glasses on top of her microphone so that the microphone looks like a nose and the glasses are the eyes. Like a little face. 
Sorry about that, Justin. Yeah, Radio Gold. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. Just, yeah. This, is, this is what I have to work with. This is why I'm upset you're going away for a week. I've got to work with this. <laughs> but uh, next week, I want people to phone in and read their teenage diaries. Mm. And also any teenage poetry they may have... She's doing it again. Any teenage poetry they may have written in their diaries. Could you just go out and ask people if they kept diaries and the kind of stuff they kept in there? Yeah, of course I can. Excellent. I can do that for you. Something else I'm doing for you this morning. You're oh, talking yeah. about uh, swimming. Oh, yes. Uh, oh. Sticking with the uh, the sports theme. Adults who can't swim. I've got to be honest with you, Ian. I've been asking people for the last 30 minutes. I've not managed to find one adult uh, who can't oh. swim. Oh. But uh, leave it with me. Hopefully that report coming up just after 8.30. OK, ju- Justin. Excellent stuff. Oh, Catherine. Oh, yes. Nina. Can you give me a ring back, please? Oh, yeah, why? Because we've got some exciting news, we, but we, I need her to say it. Have we finished with Justin? Yeah. Do you want to dismiss him? Justin? Yeah. That was lovely. Thanks. Uh, Nina, I'm not allowed to say what Nina called in about. Thanks so much for Well, I mean, I don't know for sure. OK. Well, Nina we, knows. Nina is, can say it. Now, if this was Sky, if we were Sky... We'd report it. We'd have reported this 20 minutes ago, but the BBC always waits and, and checks their facts. Yeah. We are fact checkers. We don't go along with the never wrong for long thing. No. We try not to be wrong in the first place. Exactly. So let's just not say anything. OK, but it's very, very exciting. Nina, phone me back. Where is, she call- wrong. Where is she calling from? I think it was Whipsnade. OK, if there's anybody else in Whipsnade, they might be able to help you us. You might have noticed something. So, if you're in Whipsnade, um, particularly if you're called Nina in Whipsnade, give us a call. But if you're just in the Whipsnade anyway, 08459 555555. Are you pronouncing the H? Are you saying Whipsnade? I'm saying Whipsnade, yes. And you also say February. I say February, I say vehicle. Do you bite. pronounce the second I in your own name? Sorry? You know your name oh, is this is the good point. This is the good, good point you wanted to make. Yes, okay. thanks. I-A-I-N. Yes, I do. E-A-N. I, well, no, that's not... Well, that because wouldn't... it's a silent I. Like the silent R in February, you can't or have the silent a si- H in... You can't have a silent R. Of course you can. Well, you can have a silent B in lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there are severe delays because three lanes are closed at Junction 16 for the M40. There's also no access from the M40 in either direction because of flooding. Those delays are going back to Junction 13 now. It's taking an hour and a half to get through. Also problems on the M1 London bound. There was an earlier accident and a lot of surface water around Junction 5 for Watford. Uh, Looking like there's congestion on the sensors to 9 for Redbourne. We've had a call in from Andrew on the A414 eastbound. That's closed between Hatfield and the B1455 because of an accident. Also had a call in from Sean going between Bulldog and Buntingford. The A507 eastbound is blocked because of flooding. Thanks for calling in with those updates. And on public transport, big problems on First Capital Connect. Service is suspended between Hartford North and Stevenage because of flooding. And there are delays of up to half an hour on services via Welling Garden City. Trains are not stopping at New Barnet, Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace. I'm Alice Rossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Well done, the observant of you. Uh, my bad, I gave out the wrong phone number for NAPAC. I missed a number out. I blame that Pete Saunders. I missed a number out. Stay tuned, I'll give out the full number after we've had the weather with Elizabeth in a second. But before that, 7.46, Friday the 7th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There are concerns about child safety as brothels in Milton Keynes are being openly advertised on Twitter. A man from Amersham who was abused as a child by his former head teacher says eight years in prison is a sufficient sentence for his crime. And the English National Badminton Championships take place this weekend in Milton Keynes. Coming up, I will give out the correct number for NAPAC, uh, but before that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Hello, very good morning to you. Now, there's lots of standing water on the roads, on the pavements this morning. It may well cause some further travel problems. There's plenty of rain falling out of the sky as well, but it should be over within the next hour or two. Still some heavy bursts of rain to come, particularly across parts of, well, southern Bedfordshire at the moment and uh, parts of eastern Hertfordshire as well. But that rain will eventually clear off to the east. The winds will ease down and we can look forward to it turning dry and brighter by the time we get to the late morning and into the first part of the afternoon. Some sunny spells this afternoon. It could even feel quite spring-like, perhaps. Uh, temperatures up to 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. That's 46 in Fahrenheit. Uh, but things going steadily downhill again through the overnight period. We've still got that Met Office weather warning out for some heavy rain. Um, it's you know We could see some more flooding, uh, surface water flooding um, through the course of the night and into tomorrow, remember. Uh, some showers through this evening's rush hour always possible, particularly for parts of Buckinghamshire. That will lead to longer spells of rain overnight. The westerly wind is going to pick up as well. We'll start the day off tomorrow on around 5 or 6 degrees Celsius. Some pretty heavy showers to be expected tomorrow. Hail and thunder always possible. Gusts of wind up to 40 to 50 miles an hour. Happily, Sunday is looking not completely dry, but drier and a bit less blustery as well. That's the forecast. Tomorrow afternoon, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage, Wickham, Luton and Bedford are all in action. He's round Kuchak, he must score! Boris Dieri does score! And it's Darius Charles who forced the ball in! Which means we'll offer you live commentary from the Championship, League One and the Conference. And MK Dons make it 2-0 and from nothing Luton take the lead! Hear your local team with Three Counties Sport. Tomorrow from 2, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, so we have Peter Saunders uh, from NAPAC, the National Association for People Abused in Childhood. We've been talking about it a lot. We've had uh, quite a few phone calls of people who want to find out more about them for whatever reason. I gave out the number slightly incorrectly. I blame, I blame Peter Saunders. Blame him. Here is the full number, 0800 085 3330. I was saying double three. 0800 085 3330. That's the full number. Uh, Gillian's in Cambridge. Morning, Gillian. Morning, Ian. Good morning, Gillian. What have you got for us? I only have two words to say about your brown coat. Are they clean words? Yes. Oh. Four candles. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, Gillian. <laughs> yeah, That's you're going you're gonna to need a flat cap to go with it. Oh, oh, you speak of my language. Yes, I will need... That's exactly the type of uh, coat or jacket I've been trying to describe <laughs> and failing miserably. And four candles describes it perfectly. There's a whole generation of people listening to this, Gillian, scratching their heads going, what on earth are those two on oh, about? I thought, I thought it had gone down in national history. <laughs> they should be teaching it in schools. Exactly. You don't see... I, I was so surprised walking past my son's school yesterday to glancing in the woodwork department to see the wood work teacher wearing that jacket. You don't see people wearing those anymore, do you? Well, I think that's to prevent the staining of the woods. Oh. It will, well, you know, it would be brown, wouldn't it, the stains oh. that they put on the wood. Yes, uh, yes, I see what you mean, exactly. Gillian, thank you very much. Very informative. Four candles. That's the kind of jacket I'm after. For, you get it, don't you, Catherine? Yeah, I was thinking Mr Bennett. Mr, Mr. Bennett. Mr Bennett from uh, Take Heart, of course. Well, yeah. That's, yes. Is he still alive? I know Tony Hart isn't alive. Um, I was supposed to interview him years ago, and then we kind of got word he was too poorly. 
Uh, is Mr. Bennett still around? I've been around? trying to find out, but um, all I get is Mr. Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. Oh, no. And he's certainly not alive anymore. No, that's, that's, not, that's not what we want at all. OK, thank you very much for that. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, plans are in place across the country to commemorate the outbreak of the First World War. In fact, we're going to be um, doing uh, lots of programmes and lots of specials about it here on BBC Three Counties Radio. But not everyone is convinced it's a good idea to mark the start of a war that claimed the lives of so many people. One of those concerned is Tring Councillor Nick Hollinghurst. Morning, Nick. Good morning. Nick, what are your fears about commemorating the outbreak of the First World War? Well, I think a commemoration of uh, something like a war is better done at the end of it. Uh, My fear, I suppose, is that commemoration can easily turn into celebration, Mm. maybe unconsciously. Now, I've never heard of anybody wanting to celebrate it, I must admit, but that is my worry. Uh, I'm uncomfortable that we're starting uh, this now. I think we should wait to the end of the war, uh, and, and then we could. Uh, have a, a commemoration, and if it turned into a celebration at that time, it would be quite reasonable. I think I think you're right uh, in, in that, um, that we certainly shouldn't be now, within the next three, four years anyway, celebrating it. But don't we need to um, uh, don't we need to remember and learn from what happened? Don't young people need to learn what happened? And a hundred the hundred year anniversary, the centenary, is a, a really good point to perhaps start learning about it, isn't it? Well, I do agree. Um, young people should learn about the, the, the horror and waste of war. Um, but look, we're in no danger of forgetting about First World War at all. Every Sunday on Remembrance Day, the Girl Guides, the Boy Scouts, the British Legion, the local councillors, we stand at the War Memorial in towns and villages across the country, and we hear the names of the dead read out for the First World War, and then a much shorter list for the Second World War, And I have to tell you that in Tring, we're very conscious uh, of war. Uh, Corporal David Barnsfield, uh, Barnsdale, Corporal David David Barnsdale, uh, died in Afghanistan in uh, 2010. Uh, And then aircraftman Ryan Tomlin uh, later on. Uh, and those uh, two young men were remembered at the last uh, war memorial ceremony. We're in no danger of forgetting about the horrors of war uh, and we we should of course uh, study uh, how it turned out and how it arose but i still feel that a celebration uh, is inappropriate and a commemoration could all too easily turn into that i mean i don't want us to have some sort of a four-year krieg fest from now till 1918 mm. I, th- I think that would be. I suppose one of the things you, you're saying that we're, that we're all aware of what. I'm not sure if people, if some people are necessarily aware of just how horrific World. I mean, all war is horrible. World War One in particular, and uh, on this show and on this station, we will be. Um, uh, my colleague Tara has, has collected stories and interviews from people whose whose relatives or friends or family were, were in World War One, and we'll be playing some of those on this show. Uh, and it, it might it, there might just be a kid in a car who hasn't heard about, you know, doesn't know the intricacies of World War One. might hear it. There might be an elderly person who it, it triggers a, a memory of a, of a loved one. That's, that surely has to be a healthy thing to do, doesn't it? I do take your point. 
Um, I've said I'm uncomfortable with celebrating, uh, sorry, with commemorating the start of the war, but I, I'm not completely against it. I'm not against it at all, really. Mm. I just feel that the emphasis should be right. Yep. And if it turns out the way you've described, that is a good thing. But hey, I've got something else we could cel celebrate. Oh, go on, Nick. Yes. On the 1st of August, uh, 1714, George I became King of England. And this was the start of the Hanoverian succession. Ah. It avoided a civil conflict in this country, uh, and it set the foundations for the modern democratic government we've got today. That's round about the same time. We should also remember that. And in Tring, we've got a young councillor who's just got his PhD, Councillor Stuart Tolley, for studies in this field, and he's uh, giving a paper uh, about the Hanoverian succession right. and the transition of Britain to modernity uh, later in the year. August the 1st, did you say? 1st of August, right. 1714. Right, this is, Catherine, this is a booking, OK? I want Nick Hollinghurst on on the 1st of August. No, you want Stuart oh. Tolley on oh. on the 1st of August. I He's want, the expert. I want, can we have both of you on? If you like. Yeah, I want both of you on, and we, we will celebrate that anniversary. How about that? Fine, that's a really positive thing to do. And I'm, I'm all for positivity, I'm all for, and I, listen, Nick, as well, and I'm genuine about that, we'll get you on on the 1st of August. But okay. also, if you, if you think at any point uh, um, my uh, talking of World War One, as we approach the, 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 the uh, uh, centenary, if you think in any way it's celebratory, let me know. Just keep me in check, because I'm hoping it will be respectful, I'm hoping it will be mindful of, of the losses and the horrors of war, and I shall be doing my best to make sure that it certainly isn't celebratory. Well, thank you for that. I very much hope that's what it will be. That's what I'm aiming for. Nick, nice to talk to you. We'll speak to you. We don't speak to you before, we'll speak to you in August. There we go, you see? I'm all for positivity. Catherine's putting it down in her little red book. Okay, it's closed. Oh, no. It's not red, it's What are you lying for? 08459 four double five five double four. What do you think about what Nick's saying? It's an interesting point, isn't it? Nick Hollinghurst there, Trin Councillor, is worried, and there will be lots about World War One on the BBC, on BBC Three Counties Radio, and everywhere else. 100 years. Is he right in what he says that, that commemorate? He certainly doesn't want us to celebrate, which is fine commemorating the outbreak of the First World War is um, could be seen as being uh, inappropriate. I'm trying not to put words in his mouth. Uh, unhealthy? What do you think? 08459 555. Don't we need to acknowledge the fact that it happened and acknowledge uh, the fact it was flipping awful and that's putting it mildly? What a dirty, horrific, unpleasant war all of them are, but World War I in particular... Particularly vicious war, uh, I think. And there will be lots of coverage about it here on BBC Three Counties Radio. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering uh, what your thoughts on that are. Whether that, that you will um, be going, oh, for goodness sakes. Oh, no, not more of this. 08459 oh, four double five five double five. Is it right that we are commemorating the outbreak of the First World War? You can give us uh, a call on that this morning. Also looking for um, uh, any adults who can't swim. Kelly Betts, who works here, cannot swim. Not mocking her for that, not laughing at her for that. It just struck me as, as odd. I kind of assume that if you're an adult, you can swim. The reason we're talking about swimming is because uh, when I saw my little boy, my four-year-old boy, have a swimming lesson. Yesterday in school, we were invited in. He was very enthusiastic. That's what I'll say about him. Very enthusiastic and very, very brave. I was very proud of him. And he should be proud of himself. Uh, and he'll, he'll be able to swim by the time he's an adult, if he keeps on going the way he's going. I can swim. Not very fast. I'm not very strong, but I can do it. It's not, it's not a pretty sight at all, but I can do it. 
Are you an adult that cannot swim? Does that hinder you at all? Does that hold you back? 08459 455 555. Another thing we'll be talking about later on as well is the Sochi Winter Olympics. Really? I feel a collective shrug of shoulders as people go, so what? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, you've got major problems. Three lanes are closed at Junction 16 for the M40. There's also no access from the M40 there in either direction because of flooding. Severe delays back to Junction 13, taking an hour and a half to get through. Had a call in from Alistair. The M, uh, the A421 is closed westbound. There's flooding under the bridge at the Bing Cross Roads with queues going past Bedford. On the A1 southbound, callers are reporting uh, there are problems as you come off the M25 Junction 23 roundabout and onto the A1. Uh, the slip road is closed there because of flooding. On public transport, First Capital Connect has service suspended between Hartford North and Stevenage. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. It's busy and it's wet on the roads. Be careful out there, please. It's like you're going to listen to what I say. Coming up, more talk on the Sochi Winter Olympics. Does anybody care about it? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight o'clock. I'm Serena Farrow. The headlines: Brothels in Milton Keynes get overexposure on social media. Measures to stop smoking in cars moves a step closer, and floods rise across the three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are concerns about child safety as brothels in Milton Keynes are being openly advertised on Twitter. But this comes as a shock to the English collective of prostitutes. Sarah Walker is from there. We're really surprised that you're researcher has found this material because we, I mean, we've just talked to people and we've never heard of anyone who's, who's actually come across something like that inadvertently. It generally, people find that stuff because they're looking for it. Speaking earlier there to Ian Lee, well, John Carr, who's advised the government and the United Nations on child internet safety, wants a change. It's not just the images. I mean, these people are also selling sexual services and yep. there's all sorts of risks associated with that as well. I'm sure no parent would be happy at the thought that their kids are on a service where pictures of the kind that you've obviously seen would be horrified at the thought that the kids are being exposed to that kind of thing. Stay listening as there'll be more with Ian Lee here on BBC Three Counties Radio straight after this bulletin. Now, a former Buckinghamshire headmaster has been sentenced to eight years in prison for sexually abusing pupils in the 50s and 60s. Roland Peter Wright was amongst a group of paedophile teachers who exploited their position of trust at Caldicott Prep School. Wright's former colleague, Hugh Henry, was also due to be sentenced yesterday but committed suicide earlier in the week. Tom Perry from Amersham was one of the first people to report Roland Wright. I really do think that is a a first-rate sentence, actually. Um, It may not sound a lot. The man is 83. And for any perpetrator who is thinking about abusing children now, they're going to say, well, even if I get to 83, when the courts have historically been benign, now it has changed. 
Elsewhere in other news, the head of the Environment Agency, Lord Smith, will visit the Somerset levels for the first time during the prolonged spell of flooding. Many residents believe the severity of the floods and the damage they've caused to homes and farms has been worsened by the failure of the agency to dredge the rivers, which carry water off the land and out to sea. And we'll give you more, especially locally, on the floods coming up in the next hour. David Cameron will urge people in every part of the United Kingdom to use their influence to dissuade Scottish residents from voting for independence in September's referendum. He's due to give a major speech in London later. Hundreds of doctors and health experts have signed a letter to the British Medical Journal wanting MPs to support a ban on smoking in cars carrying children. It's being published ahead of a vote on Monday. Sport then and the English National Badminton Championships are being held in Milton Keynes this weekend. The first games are being played today in the new arena at Stadium NK. Finally, the weather is wet, wet and more wet actually. We're going to have some wind as well. Temperatures reaching the same as yesterday, 9 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning. Lots to talk about this morning. Want to know what? Well, let me tell you. We'll be updating you on the case of the former Buckinghamshire headmaster who abused boys in his care. They were aged between 8 to 13 years old. It went on for years. He's been sentenced to eight years. And lots of you to call in about, dear listener. Is it acceptable to commemorate the start of World War I? There's a councillor from Tring who doesn't think so. Are you an adult that can't swim? And the Sochi Winter Olympics, I mean, really? The BBC is going to go urge overkill on that. I'm sorry, Paymasters, it has to be said. If you want to get in touch, you can. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. I think if you go there now, you can see a picture of a cat. You can uh, send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Big, big support next week. Next week we've got to have two themes running throughout the week. Uh, one is um, uh, diaries, your teenage diaries. I want you to call up with uh, and read extracts from your teenage diaries. That's one thing. The other thing is we are going to celebrate the magic of Paul McCartney in the 80s. Great overlooked period of fantastic music. A lot of support on this. Uh, Tony Mortimer from E17, big friend of mine says, use the cupboard of persuasion, Ian. That's basically how I got Tony to appear on the show. I locked him in a cupboard. Uh, Glitter Kitty says, temporary secretary. Now there's a song. There's a song. Lots of you celebrating that. 08459 555. Dennis is in Dunstable. Morning, Dennis. Good morning. Second time around. Not you again. What do you want? No, no, no. I quite agree that we should celebrate the beginning of the First World War to let the children know Ah. how we were sucked into something we should have had nothing to do with in the first place. Interesting use of words. Celebrate or commemorate? Well, commemorate. It's not celebrate. I'm not jumping up and down. But don't forget, I was old enough to be listening to the found the start of the last war yeah. at 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, I was waiting to go to... Did, did, were you trying to phone in then and hassle the presenter no, there? No, unfortunately, I was waiting to go down to a scout meeting because I, I was a civil defence messenger, so I know what it's like. You when, you, when you... How old were you then, Dennis? What, t- I was 14. Ten, 14, OK. When you heard the announcement of the Second World War... Yeah. 
did you did it register with you that what it was, how significant it was? How did you feel? Can you can you think back? Yes, I can. I thought I didn't say it was a good thing, but I thought it's inevitable. It had been coming anyway since 1938. I could see it coming yeah. even then because we'd been fitted with gas masks and all the rest of it, and I could see it was coming. It wasn't going to. Hitler was not going to step down, step backwards, which is what we demanded. So it was coming from a long way back. So it. I just sort of got on my bike and cycled down to where the meeting was and be told where we got where our station was. So I got in duty straight away. And it is important, I think, that we acknowledge World War One. There is a danger. It's a hundred years ago that, that people will think, "Oh, it was a hundred years ago." It, it, it's not that long ago, really, in the great scheme of things. It isn't. I mean, what I was I was born in twenty five, so I was only what seven years away from the uh, the end of it. Uh, and I've got a marvellous book, by the way, which t- gives the history of the First World War, oh, yeah. day by day, oh, dear. Really? from 1914 right up to 1918. Oh, that sounds like a It's movie. a super book, yeah. Some, the, the, Dennis, something a little bit lighter. The Sochi Olympics, do you give a monkeys? Uh, well, I don't mind watching it, but I'm, not, I'm damn glad we're not paying for it. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Shall we have a look at the front page of the newspapers? Yes, let's. Oh... My team next door really do. Um... The Guardian. Uh, mutilation of girls. Pressure grows on Gove. Oh dear. More than 100,000 pi- uh, people signed petition. The Department for Education has come under growing pressure to write to teachers informing them of the horrors of female genital mutilation. I think teachers know how horrific it is, don't they? Uh, and there's a picture of a man on a skateboard without wheels, jumping over a Russian doll. I mean, how long does the the, the Winter Olympics go on for? We've got that, and then we've got the flipping um, football, the football with all the countries. World Cup. Dearie me. uh, The front page of The Independent. uh, English cricket is a national joke, says Stephen Brankley. Anybody? Anybody? As Roach is cleared, now it's the police in the dock. Police and prosecutors said last night they would continue to investigate allegations of historical abuse involving celebrities. They had faced criticism after the acquittal of Coronation Street star William Roach, who was found not guilty. Um, the Times, again, Bill Roach on the front with his uh, family, Linus Roach there, who I, uh, I, I met Linus Roach, he's a very nice gentleman. Phone a friend to save the union. Tell Scots to vote against independence, Cameron urges. Here we go. The future of the United Kingdom is up in the air. David Cameron will warn today as he urges every Briton with a friend or family member in Scotland to persuade them to vote against independence. Really? I got to phone up my Scottish cousins and try and talk them out of independence? I don't know about that. Prime Minister will say there are only seven months to save the most extraordinary country in history in his first significant intervention in the... uh, Oh, look, and uh, here's uh, another... Look, here's another one. I'll be with you in a second. Let's not celebrate victory in the First World War, says Minister. Victory in the First World War should not be celebrated, the Conservative ministry in, minister in charge of marking the centenary has said. Helen Grant's remarks were described by one of the country's leading experts on the war as simplistic. In the latest twist to debate triggered by Michael Gove, the minister said there will be no dancing in the street over Britain's role in the conflict. Our fam is on the line. Morning, our fam. Morning, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. What have you got for us? Uh, I'm just on, you know, B487 Hemel Hempstead Road? The B487 Hemel Hempstead Road, yes? It's complete standstill, but heading towards oh. uh, Redbourne and St Albans and Harpenden. Oh, blimey. I've it... been stuck there 15 minutes, but I haven't done 9,000 yards. 
Not even a thousand yards? No. Oh, well. Not at all. Okay. Complete standstill. Arthur, do you know how big a yard is? Because um, I, I tell you why, I don't. And my boy was, um, uh, when we're driving, my boy has noticed road signs and he's asked what road signs mean. And there are the ones as you're coming off a motorway, the 321, and I think they are 300 yards, 200 yards, 100 yards. That's right. <laughs> and my, my boy said to me, Well, Daddy, what's a yard? Oh, it's a unit of measurement. How big is it? I don't know. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I couldn't do a metre I could do with my hands, uh, an ar- a foot I could do with my hands, a yard. I've got no idea, have you? Uh, basically, I've got my navigation. I'm just seeing how, just checking how much money I've got left. I'm heading to, like, Harpenden. Right. Well, right but you know when you switch the navigation on? Yeah. And you see those blue circles? Yeah. They represent 50 yards. So oh. I've done, since I've joined the Red Bull Road, I've found about 10 of them. Okay. That's not helping me particularly, because I'm not in the car with you, Arfab. But it's completely standstill, anyway. All right, so the B487 is at a standstill. Arfab, thank you very much indeed. We're getting lots of reports of, of various accidents and all to do with the weather, and it's wet, and there were some idiots driving on the motorway this morning. Just idiots. 100 miles an hour? Ridiculous. Oh, Dave, you're quick. Go on, Dave. You know how big a yard is. Yeah, it's roughly about 38, 39 inches. Hang on a minute. So that's 12, 24, so 40. So that's about four foot? Um, no, it's just about, just over three foot. About three foot three. Hang on, Something 12, like 24. Oh, 36. All right, yeah, my, my, my math is all to cock this morning. So it's just over three foot. Yeah. So it's about... I'm showing this to Catherine. Catherine, does that look about appropriate? A yard? Isn't a yard like a big pace? No, that's a foot. No, foot smaller. Isn't it one of those things in the back garden? Right, your microphone is off <laughs> for this conversation, young lady. What you're showing me there... Yep. It's yep. about 50 centimetres. Oh, no, 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 don't, don't. Dave, why do we still measure things in yards? I haven't got a clue, but the only reason I know is my dad had um, um, a kind of yardstick. Oh. And it had, um, oh, no, he was old. Yeah. Um, but, um, and on one side it had centimetres, yeah. and on the other side it had um, basically the meterage for a yard, well, the measurement for a yard, and that's, I just memorised it, basically. <laughs> oh, wow, you were a fun kid to know. Uh, my dad, of course, is mo- I think most dads had in the attic, but they never used them, a yard of ale. Oh, no, my dad didn't drink, so... Oh, well my, da- well, my dad didn't, I think, after he drank a yard of ale. Dave, thank you very much for that. I'm still of the generation... That's, I was kind of that crossover point where we went metric, so I do things. I, I, I do things in centimeters, but if I'm if I'm I, I quite often I measure things in inches. If I'm building building whatever, if if I'm measuring things with a tape measure, I'll measure it in inches. I can imagine meters. Yeah. I can't imagine kilometers. I, I think. Oh, in I don't miles. know what a kilometer is. No. Don't you think in miles? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, can you imagine twelve inches? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Record. Yeah. A record, exactly, yeah. So, so a record is a foot. Yeah. Oh, is that? Yeah. All right, OK, so I'm going to start measuring things in records. <laughs> Don't even get me started on handspans. What are those horses up to? It's very confusing. And there is a mixed generation. I'm surprised Catherine's that mixed generation, because you're a bit younger than me. I thought you'd have made the full transition. There is a mixed generation who we were kind I was kind of taught metric, but some of my lessons, some of my early lessons were still inches and feet. My parents, of course, were inches and feet, so I learned everything. I'm six foot three. I have no idea how tall I am in metres. haven't got a clue. And even if you told me, it would be meaningless to me. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, front page of the Daily Telegraph. 
uh, gold on hold for Britain's Olympic... Uh, uh, flood defences delayed for birds. What? Environment agency criticised for shelving work on railway line at Dawlish last month to carry out a wildlife assessment. Flood defences, which would have protected the Devon coast, were delayed so the government agency could consider the impact on birds. Um, okay, here we go. Smoking in cars is oh, a ban. That we talked about that. The Daily Express. Mega storm will be worse than eighty-seven. Mega storm. If I was a, a, a gladiator, that would be my name. Mega storm. It's mega storm and wolf. Mega storm will be worse than eighty-seven. Bat, bat. <laughs> what would you be? You'd be more like weasel. Oh no, I would not. Yeah. On the Pugil Sticks, it's Mega Storm and Weasel. <laughs> Joined by Crabstick. <laughs> Crabstick. Daily Mail, how did it ever get to court? Um, as Roach is cleared of sex charges. Oh, oh, this is exciting, Catherine. You'll like this. Front page of the Daily Mail. Starting tomorrow, free CDs, learn Spanish in a week. Oh. That's what we'll do. So all that time I spent in education yep. learning Spanish, wasted. I should have just got the Daily Mail. Get the Daily Mail. And here's the, the sun, I mean, really. We've, we've, we've uh, entered the Rubicon. Keep Ken and Car- Corrie on. Keep Ken and Corrie on. Oh. Keep- we joke about that. Is, that is, this, is this hilarious now? Keep Ken... And carry on. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound, a lane is closed between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware because of flooding. And the M25 clockwise has three lanes closed, a Junction 16 for the M40 with no access from the M40 in either direction because of flooding. Severe delays taking an hour and a half to get through on the approach there. In Puckeridge, the A120 is blocked between the Puckeridge roundabout and Bishop Stortford because of flooding. And we've got reports Little Handham is extremely bad as well. We had a call from Rick going between Stevenage and Hartford on the A602. That road's reportedly flooded. And in Marston Moortate, big problems on the A421 westbound. It's closed at Beancroft Road because of flooding and you're having to use the slip roads as a diversion. Uh, Callers report six-mile tailbacks there. On public transport, East Coast have delays of up to half an hour and cancellations between Stevenage and King's Cross. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Right, it's 8.16. It's uh, Friday the 7th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Amersham who was abused as a child by his headmaster says an eight-year prison sentence for his perpetrator is an excellent outcome. A man wanted by police in connection with a serious assault in Potter's Bar has handed himself into the police. And in sport, Manchester United's miserable season has been given another blow with captain Nemanja Vidic confirming he's leaving Old Trafford. What do you think, Jonathan? That was perfect. Thank you very much indeed. BBC Three Counties Radio. Weeknights from seven. This is Mark Forrest. I cannot imagine writing <laughs> on a laptop or a keyboard. It'd be so alien to me. I'll be shining the spotlight on the best of BBC local radio. I went by sea from Liverpool to Montreal, and as we came up to the dock in Montreal, I just burst into tears with pure joy. Hearing from you. Oh, that's a lovely thought. <laughs> I bet you wish you'd never called now. <laughs> 
sharing your stories. I used to come home from work, I'd get in the hot tub, sometimes on my own, sometimes from friends would come round. This is Mark Forrest. Weeknights from seven. Just relax me because it was my evening. On BBC Three Counties Radio. You are a naughty, naughty man. Why? I've gone right off you. Why? What have I done? Well, I've not seen the video yet. I look forward to seeing the video. Oh, you must watch it. It's on the Facebook page, the Three Counties Facebook page. I heard um, Justin. Justin's got a dirty laugh, Okay, I heard him chuckling away yesterday in the office. I said, Justin, what are you... uh Oh, 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 mate! You got to see this. This is uh, this is proper good. This is this is uh, it's JVS. He's hanging he's hanging out with the swings. The swings. He abbreviates everything. Right. Swingers. Yes. You were out with swingers. I went to uh, there's a. I don't know if you're aware of this, Ian, but there's quite a prolific swinging scene here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. I was unaware of it. Thank God. Particularly in Hertfordshire. In fact, I'm from Harpenden. Yeah. Leafy, quiet little Harpenden. There's all kinds of shenanigans goes on in Harpenden, I tell you. Yes. Absolutely. And you're well, not responsible for it. No, I've, I have absolutely no, no uh, dealings with that whatsoever. But there's also a very, very um, prolific swinging scene in Radlett. Oh, dear. So I went to the Radlett Swingers Club, yeah. to the home of uh, Radlett Adult Parties, and I did a report. And after 10 this morning on my oh, show, dear. you can hear the report. And there's also the video of me at the house... Uh, meeting Richard, who's a very nice man. It's his house, and he's the one who runs the parties. Yes. And uh, you'll see me... The, the end of the video ends with me in the dungeon. Gosh. Yeah. That really, I'm not sure I want to see it now. Check it out. Um, what else have you got on the show this on morning? On the big phone in this morning, yes. at nine, we're discussing the front pages of every mm. single paper today. Uh, William Roach. Yes, keep Ken and Corrie on. Exactly. So, yeah. Coronation Street actor William Roach has been cleared <clears throat> of rape and indecent assault charges by a jury. Mr Roach, who's now 81, was found not guilty of two rapes and four indecent assaults after a trial at Preston Crown Court. The judge, Louise Blackwell QC, said the women's evidence lacked sense and credibility. In September last year, fellow Corrie actor Michael Lavelle was cleared of the most hideous allegations mm. of child sex abuse, not before his name had also been dragged through the mud. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Is it right that we continue to name people accused of sex crimes? 08459 455 555. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the big phone-in. It's an interesting one. I've always kind of said no, but the, the, the story we're about to talk about in, in a second, this Roland Peter Wright from the, the headmaster from Caldecott, we've talking about yesterday and we've got a guest coming on to that kind of makes me think actually it's a tough one i don't know the answer there are pros and cons for both sides of it so i shall look forward to listening to your show well well, i shall look forward to hearing people's views from nine across beds hearts and bucks this is ian lee bbc three counties radio well it's an interesting one and uh, it is an interesting one. And, uh, it, it kind of relates to this story. The former head teacher of a school in Buckinghamshire has been sentenced to eight years in prison for sex offences against children. We talked about this yesterday. We spoke to one of his victims uh, yesterday and today. Incredibly horrific what uh, took place. Roland Peter Wright was among a group of teachers who committed the offences at Caldicott School in the 1950s and 60s. His former colleague, Hugh Henry, was also due to be sentenced but committed suicide on Tuesday. Well, Claude Knights is the chief executive of the charity Kidscape. Morning, Claude. Good morning to you. 
eight years sentence for, for decades of yes. horrific abuse. What are your thoughts on well, it? Well, I think whatever, you know, the length of the sentence, it, it would probably never satisfy everybody, you know, because the victims themselves have had a lifetime, literally a lifetime of anxiety and really huge feelings of um, low self-esteem. And, you know, they, they've carried that burden. I, I don't think we could ever, ever say that any sentence would be either adequate or indeed, you know, really serve serve the purpose fully. But I, what is positive, of course, is that a sentence has been mm. given. We have to remember the, these are now very old men. That doesn't actually excuse anything. But uh, I think the message is right, you know, that even after years and years, uh, you can still be found out and you still have to, you know, atone in a way for your crimes. We spoke to Tom Perry yesterday and today. He's, he was one of uh, the victims of, of Mr yes, Right and yes. he was telling us that some of his peers became drug addicts. Yes. Uh, at least two of them committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's obviously affected Mr Perry yes, I- I- in an incredible oh, way. Yes. He's still affected now. Yes, I mean, when you hear victims of sexual abuse talking, whatever their age, you know, what has really struck me and, and really so harrowing is that they become those little boys or girls again. You know, they're, 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 they're really that has marked them in ways which are, you know, so, so obvious when, you know, when, as you say, when you spoke to, 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 the, to the victims yourself. Mm. Um, and, and yes, it's so difficult to, to understand that if you haven't actually been through it. There is recovery. I mean, some, some people do go on, you know, to lead on the outside, you know, very, very fulfilled lives. But, you know, on the inside or when something sort of difficult happens in their lives, you know, that all of that pain, you know, comes crashing back. And probably actually, you know, I'm not doing justice to that. It, it's probably actually always there. Yeah. Does eight years send out a strong enough message? I mean, it, realistically, he'll probably serve three or four years, yes. maybe even less, if mm-hmm. you know, because he's he, of his age. Yes, does, indeed, does, yes. does that send out a strong enough message? Yes. As I, as I said at the beginning, it's very difficult to, you know, to, to really, you know, answer that mm. uh, because, you know, in a, as I say, the, the victims themselves have had a life sentence. Um, it, I mean, there's been a lot of concern about the, the length of sentences for these sort of crimes, and I, I know some reviews are ongoing. Um, I, I think the message is, though, that, that there has been a sentence and some justice has been seen to be done. Uh, I think we could, you know, debate that all day. Is it long enough? Um, eight years is... You know, it, 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 if it were to be served fully, it is a, it is a term. Mm. But it, you know, for child abuse, one of the most heinous crimes, you know, is enough ever enough. I think. Uh, Tom Perry, again, that one of the victims has, has called for mandatory reporting of abuse in I'm schools. What are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm getting a chance to say something about that. Yes, because in any of these abuse cases, there will have been. People, you know, who saw things, people who suspected, people who could have spoken out, even with some of, you know, today's situations uh, in, in a slightly better climate, we still find that people are concerned or worried about speaking out. I think making it mandatory, which does give the, the whistleblower some protection, I think is something very, very urgent. And I know Tom Perry and, you know, his groups have actually been campaigning for that. And I would say that, you know, I support that absolutely, because it would it would really make a difference because we need evidence don't we we really need evidence and obviously the people who see things know that they're working in an environment which is not safe for children which is not safe for even you know their own kind of professional development uh, these things need to be reported and if it were mandatory then there's no choice you, the person doing that is following the law 
Um, what can parents do, Claude? What can parents do to, to b- b- make sure, ensure that their children are safe? I think one thing that parents need to, to do is to have, you know, that conversation. And you'll probably know that the NSPCC, again, we've been supporting this, have been running what they call the underwear campaign, where you really talk to your children in age-appropriate ways about the parts of their body, you know, which are private, mm. parts of their body which really shouldn't be touched by anybody else, and also about when you feel uneasy, when something has made you anxious, to actually talk about it to a trusted person, usually at, you know, at, at you know, for a child that would be their parent to actually tell because we do know that the abuser will spend so much energy persuading the children you know their victims not to tell and even threatening them with dire circumstances should they tell so I think it's about you know helping the child to understand their sort of inner inner anxieties and fears and when these are triggered by an adult who is purporting to be friendly but actually you know is acting indecently mm. to tell to talk and to be aware that they have a right to be safe give them tactics you know help them to shout no help them to really understand that there are certain things that should not be happening we try to avoid using the word secrets in our house as well oh gosh that's so helpful you know i mean sometimes in some of our literature you'll find you know unsafe secrets and safe secrets and the difference between mm. them but yes i mean secrets um Yes, I think children should uh, should understand. For instance, if you were to um, say to your son or daughter, you know, I bought mummy this, please don't, don't tell her, you know, it's a secret, mm. that is a safe secret. Mm. But if an adult, you know, make, you know, touches them or inappropriately or tells them something which is really gross, uh, then that is, and says don't tell anybody, mm. that is a very unsafe secret. Claude, I, I, always nice to talk to you. It's a shame it's, you know, always about this kind of stuff, but I appreciate your time. Claude Knight's Chief Executive of the Charity Kidscape. Uh, you can find them on the internet, no doubt, of course. And I did say I'd give out this number for the National Association for People Abused in Childhood. It's 0800 085 330. 0800 085 330. We did get lots of calls uh, yesterday um, uh, off air uh, from people who... Um, th- th- this whole story they found quite upsetting as it resonated with them in one way or another. Uh, and we did get a few people who wanted to, to uh, get a number that they could uh, call and speak to someone in confidence. So, if you want to call the National Association for People Abused in Childhood, 0800 085 330. There are, of course, lots of other organisations you can find out there. Uh, if you go and have a little look on Google, uh, some of those things will pop up. Uh, 08459 455 555. Last 30 minutes of the show, if you want to give us a call. No adults who can't swim. Yeah, are, you, are you all swimmers out there? Maybe there are some people who are, maybe they're embarrassed to discuss it. We have one adult who's really? called up and she wants to talk to you. OK, we'll speak to her a little bit later on. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's just it, Kelly Betts told us uh, she uh, couldn't swim and it kind of struck me as... No, odd is the wrong word. Odd does you a disservice, Kelly. It was um, unusual. Unusual, I think. Uh, 08459-455-555 is the phone number. And also the Sochi Olympics. Really? Is anybody bothered? Is anybody bothered by rich men going down a hill really fast on skis? Because that's what it'll be. That's what it'll be. You think tennis is privileged? Man alive. Winter sports? You've got to be a multi-millionaire to do that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M25 clockwise, there are three lanes closed at junction 16 for the M40. There's no access from the M40 in either direction because of flooding. Severe delays there taking an hour and a half to get through. And on the M1 London bound, a lane is closed between 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware because of flooding. And the congestion is going back to junction 9 for Redbourne. In Puckeridge, the A120 is blocked between the Puckeridge roundabout and Bishop Stortford because of flooding. We've got reports that Little Haddam is pretty much underwater at the moment. In Marston Mortain, the A421 westbound is closed at Beancroft Road because of flooding again. Uh, there are queues there back to past Bedford as people are having to use the slip roads as a diversion. On public transport, First Capital Connect have service suspended between Hartford North and Stevenage, and also northbound trains are not stopping at New Barnet, Oakley Park and Alexandra Palace. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. For the headlines, I'm Serena Farrow. A man from Amersham who was abused as a child by his former head teacher says eight years in prison is a sufficient sentence for his crime. Roland Peter Wright was among a group of paedophile teachers who exploited their position at Caldicott Prep School. Elsewhere, as we've just been hearing, there are flood alerts across the three counties as river levels continue to rise, including the Grey Twos and Purwell. Meanwhile, a government advisor says there should be a crackdown on Twitter adverts which promote sexual services in Milton Keynes. And Coronation Street star William Roach has been cleared of rape and indecent assault charges by a jury. If you want to hear more on this, stay listening as JVS will be asking, is it right we continue to name people accused of sex crimes? Then the news headlines. Now let's move on to all the morning sport. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Football first then in Watford midfielder Daniel Toya says he's enjoyed his first week with the club. The former Hungarian international joined the Hornets last week for three months. He made his debut in the win over Brighton and is set to be involved in Leicester tomorrow. Yeah, of course, I think everybody like in football, you know, so he's one of the highest quality uh, in Europe. So even the second division, even the championship is a very, very tough uh, championship. So so I think English, English football is one of the best in Europe. Turning to Luton and manager John stills hoping tomorrow's conference match against Tamworth will go ahead, but with poor weather forecast, still concedes it's out of his hands. When you, when you do when you're involved in in football, with, it's, well, I call it a Saturday sport. It's, I know you play midweek, but you can get by without playing midweek. But it's tough when you don't play on Saturdays. It really is tough. You know what can you do? You can't do anything about it. You know we've just got to get on with it. It's not ideal, but it's not ideal for everybody. In League One, and MK Dons travelled to Walsall looking to halt a run of three defeats in a row. New signing though, Ryan Hall, set to be part of that squad. Manchester United has announced that Nemanja Vidic is to leave the club at the end of the season. The Serbian defender wants to challenge himself again, apparently. And yes, we do have to mention the Winter Olympics and uh, the opening uh, ceremony taking place later. Yeah, but it's brilliant because we have someone locally involved. Do uh, you want to hear about them? Uh, Local. Yeah, go on there, yeah. And of course, because they've got the old ski slope there, haven't they? The fake ski slope. Um, he's from Milton Keynes, lad called Craig Pickering. Well, Florence Bell is also uh, is alpine skiing. She trained at the ski M- Milton Keynes race team, according to Andrea on Facebook. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll get on to that one Get then. on to that one then. I was going to say, I didn't think that was your knowledge. No, it's not my knowledge. It's no. Andrea's knowledge. Thank no, you, Andrea. of course not. And Milton Keynes, I mean, it is the place at the moment, isn't it, obviously? 
Um, because they're actually hosting the English National Guess What Championships. The Guess What Championships? Wow, that sounds fun. I'm in. You're supposed to guess at this point. I've got n- I literally no idea. Can I was going to say Canute. ping... It's like ping pong, but it's not really ping pong. What is it? Just get to it's the a point. Short, it's a shorter version of tennis. Badminton. Badminton. T- t- tennis, tennis for, for people with no strength. Yeah, no, it's all wrist, isn't it? It's wrist action is badminton. If you've got a bad wrist, you don't want to be playing it, I can tell you. Has this bulletin finished? It seems to be going yeah, on forever. Yeah, okay, that'll do now. Bye. Bye. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, 26 minutes. i got 26 minutes to go, and then it's the weekend. What have you got planned this weekend? Well, I'm working tomorrow. And then, oh, I know what I'm doing on Sunday. Oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm taking my mum. Her Christmas present uh, was to take my mum to see uh, Jerry Marsden. Jerry Cross the Mersey, his little one-man show at the theatre. We're going to go and see that. We're going to go out for some nice supper. My sister's birthday. So I'm taking... Hang on, I'm paying for everything. What's going on? So I'm taking my sister and my mum out for supper. And then we're going to go and see uh, Jerry Marsden. I'm excited about that. Yes, it was the show I was supposed to be going to uh, with Justin Dealey. But um, he snoozes. He loses. Uh, Sheila's in St Albans. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. The Sochi Winter Olympics. I cannot wait for it to be over. Well, it started yesterday. I watched the figure skating. Oh, dear. And I was a bit upset because it wasn't actually in the BBC paper. You had to watch it on the red button. Oh, really? However. Yes. However. Yes. When you say rich people going downhill, yes. I don't think Dorval and Dean were rich people and are rich people. And a lot of the figure skaters and the rest of them yes. are they just ordinary people who like ice skating or to do with winter sports. I always thought that Dorval and Dean uh, and Robin Cousins et al. came from a, a, a background of privilege. Do we have any... Uh, no. do, we, do we know either way? No, but, a lot, but you know, put it, put it bluntly... Yes. People who play cricket and get lots of money, people who kick a ball around oh, yes. uh, for nothing. But, but the people who but the people who kick the ball around were generally quite poor to start with. They've not come from a position of privilege. No, but I, don't, I think if you look at a lot of our ice skaters and a look at, look at a lot of our skiers, they're not all from privileged backgrounds. Okay. You know, I did skiing. I don't come from a privileged background. You didn't do it well enough to get into the Winter Olympics. Unfortunately, With the greatest no. of respect. I've never no. been skiing, Sheila. It terrifies me. I think I would snap like a twig. It's, it's one of the few things that you can do at any age, i.e. when you're young enough to be standing up, to when you're still old enough to be standing up. Are you allowed... Are you, did you go down, like, the big jumps, or did you just go down the slalom? Slalom. I did a slalom. I did the <laughs> over the pumps and all sorts of oh. things. <laughs> can you can you go? Cause what I'd like to do is I'd love to go down um, a ski slope. Why don't you go to Hemel? No, but on a sledge. Ooh. Are you allowed to take a sledge up there? There are certain areas you can sledge. Yeah. And another thing that scares me, and this genuinely scares me. Okay. Yeah. Those ski lifts where you've got you've <laughs> got to kind of they just keep going round and you've got to try and grab one. Well, wait. Oh, that terrifies me. Uh, there are one of those where you just have to put your bottom onto a little bar. Yeah, I know. Now, now I'm only five foot and a bit so I always seem to get the six foot guy and, I, and I'm trying to sort of hold it down while he's sort of pulling it up and I kind of you know my oh, feet dear. come off the ground so yes you can have a lot of fun oh Sheila well thank you very much but, for that oh, yeah, I do think it's it's demeaning to sort of say about the Olympics okay. because there are a lot of people out there that working their little socks off showing the British flag okay but I can show the British flag 
Uh, well, it's, it's, it's not my boxer shorts this morning. Oh, uh, right. Yes. No. Sheila, thank you very much indeed. I think we may have just lost a listener. Doesn't matter. We're up on last year, so that's good. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Myrtle's in Bedford. Morning, Myrtle. Morning, boss. No, Myrtle, you have five points. Put, put Myrtle, give her a gold star. I like Myrtle. Right. I can't swim. Oh. My mother wasn't a good knitter and she knitted me a knitted swimming costume pale blue with a white starfish on it went on holiday the wave took me she grabbed the strap and it just went 10 mile long and i went under oh, oh. oh i oh, don't blimey. like water no anymore. i bet not how old are you myrtle how old am I? Yes. I was 72 last Sunday. Hey, happy oh, happy birthday for last Sunday. Thank you. Have you never... Uh, has it never been an inconvenience? Oh, yeah. Because when I went with friends, I used to hop along on one leg. What? When I went to swimming pool or... Oh, oh I, yeah, I know the hop you mean. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I hopped along. Yeah. Till my leg ached, and then I went under, and I was out. Vital. <laughs> oh. And does it scare you? Does the thought of water or the sea or being in a boat scare you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been on a ferry, but I didn't like it. Yeah. I'd rather fly than, than go in water, and I don't like walking along the river, really. Right. No. Oh, dear. No. Well, Myrtle... Th- Sad th- state, I'm in. You could, you could go and learn now, Myrtle. You could go I and have lessons. I know. I know, but no. I, once it gets above my ankles, I'm, you know, panic. OK, well, Myrtle, thank you for your honesty. I appreciate that. Richard's in Winslow. Morning, Richard. There's nothing like a, a square rig ship in a force eight gale. I'll have you know. Anyway, I was I'll phone in about the um, uh, the swimming thing. I always thought that instead of learning to swim, people should learn to float. By the way, can you swim? Yes, not not particularly well. I'm not very fast okay. or very strong, but I can this, swim. Yes. This, this should resonate with you then. Go on. Not, most non-swimmers um, are afraid, afraid of the water. Don't healthy to be afraid of the water because it will kill you. Um, if you learn to float and realise you can control your body, then you can start learning to swim waggling your arms around. And I think the best way to learn to float, yeah. i.e. that you can control your body, is go up with someone you trust on a quiet day up to the deep end by the ladder so you've got a ladder to hang on to, someone in the water with you can trust you, and then take a deep breath and you are not going to sink unless you've got negative buoyancy. And as you Negative buoyancy? Say again? Negative buoyancy? Yeah, I mean, some people do have negative buoyancy and they cannot float. What? They just sink. The vast majority of bodies will float in water, but some people have what's known as negative buoyancy and they don't float easily. So anyway, going back to this business up the um, hanging on to the ladder, and then, then when you realise that you can control your attitude in the water up and down, yeah. you can then go to the shallow end with someone again that you trust, get on your back, learn to float. Because one of the problems with non-swimmers is that they are afraid of the water, and I've sailed in enough gales to know that you should be afraid of water because it will kill you, is that they try and keep too much of their body out of the water, yeah. particularly the head. And as you well know as a swimmer, if you're, if you're standing up right in the water, you try forcing too much of your head out of the water, it'll immediately force you down. You so don't want to force too much of your head out. No. To float. Sorry? You don't want to force too much of your head out. No, that'd be a terrible thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Well, anyway. you, we, just, we just had a caller then. Seventy-two can't swim. Kelly Betts is uh, uh, nearly thirty. She can't swim. What, what do you do? You feel sorry for these people? 
Richard? Well, it's because of education. It's the same as learning to drive a car. I taught my son to drive from the age of about 12 by taking him on an airfield and slowly introducing him to the controls of the car. But these days you can't do that. You've got to put someone in the car with all these strange pedals that this does that, this does that, steer the wheel, move the gear stick, and on top of that, the traffic. No wonder people have problems learning to do things. Break it down into simple bits as with the swimming thing, as with the car thing, yeah. makes it a lot easier for people. Richard, while I've got you on, Sochi Olympics, yes or no? Yeah, I'm up for a bit of that. Why? Because, um, I'm not a football fan. Yeah. Frankly, I agree, to paraphrase Oscar Wilde, the unspeakable in pursuit of the uneatable. Yeah. But I love watching people get up the old um, the ski jump, and not to mention the, the downhill slalom, and ne- don't ever mention the luge, where they go feet first oh. down that... Channel of Ice. Oh, I quite like um, yeah, I quite like the luge and the bobsleigh. Yeah, I quite like them. And, and as for the ski jumps and the slalom, rock and roll, and I, I, I'll watch anyone doing something to you know the maximum of their ability, the best. They've got so much technical support, so much um, physical training support well, these days. That's why and you. The things that's... that they do on snowboarding, skiing, I think it's brilliant. Well, Richard, that's why you like this show because you are watching masters of their craft working at their maximum ability. <laughs> Thank you. Don't, I don't know what you're laughing for. Thank you, Richard. Peter's on the line. Morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Peace be with you, Thank brother. you very much. Always warmly accepted. What have you got for me? Um, your height, yes. six foot three, equals 75 inches, which in metric is 1.95 metres. Now, how, did, did you have to do that on a computer? No. Oh. Wait, uh, I'll just give you a quick rundown. One inch equals approximately 25 millimetres, which is 2.5 centimetres. Yeah. One foot is 12 inches, which is 350 millimetres. That's 30.05 centimetres. And one yard is 36 inches. Oh, Not as that chap said, 38. Oh, what a muppet! Which is 914 millimetres, approximately 91.04 centimetres. Peter, you you never cease to amaze me. Oh, it's all up in the brain. (laughs) Thank you very much indeed. I'm just moving on because I've got a load of calls this morning. Uh, Kate's in Harpenden. Morning, Kate. Good morning, Ian. What Um, what have you got for us? Your caller talking about um, negative buoyancy reminded me my mother can't swim because she's got a hyper-buoyant bottom. What? She's got junk (laughs) in the trunk. Every time she gets in the water, her bottom floats so high huh? that it pushes her face and her legs underwater and she what? panics that she's going to drown. Her, her, her bum it, it just floats yes. really high. How? Why? How? I don't know. It's just hyper-buoyant. <laughs> oh, man, I've got this horrible image. No, a wonderful image. I don't know what your mum looks like. Of just this bum sticking out in the air and not much else. That's exactly what you'd see, yes. It's, uh, yeah. And th- this is a, no- this is, d- d- has she ever tried to counter it? Maybe put, I don't know, weights on her backside or something? She tried it. We used to live in Africa and we had a swimming pool. Oh. And so she tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. And she just can't. She, her, her bottom just floats way up, up above the waterline. And there's no medical it's cure for this. There, there are doctors working on cures <laughs> for all kinds of diseases, not. but not your mum's hyperbuoyant bottom. Shame on them. <laughs> Kate, that's a wonderful call. Thank you very much indeed. Wow, there you go, you say. I didn't think we'd get anything like that. Oh, ho, 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 ho. have you seen Dealey's latest tweet? Have you seen no, Dealey's tweet? No, I haven't. At Justin Dealey on Twitter, he's just tweeted, I'm just going to say it, dolphins are arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said to us this morning. I can't believe he said it again. Oh, oh, 
Oh, I'm retweeting that bad boy. I'm just going to say it. Dolphins are arrogant. Fantastic. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 clockwise looking really bad at the moment. Three lanes are closed at junction 16 for the M40 and there's no access from the M40 in either direction. This is because of flooding and the severe delays on the M25 to junction 12 taking two hours to get through. There are also delays on the M40 past the junction 2 uh, for Beaconsfield. On the M1 London bound a lane is closed between junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware with congestion back to junction 9 for Redbourne and in Uxbridge the A40 westbound has two lanes blocked at Long Lane because of flooding and there are queues to the Greenford flyover. On public transport, First Capital Connect has service suspended between Hartford North and Stevenage because of flooding and East Coast have delays of up to half an hour between Stevenage and King's Cross. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you. Getting some calls about more uh, flooded roads and bits and pieces and advice that you should uh, follow. We'll get that in a second. Right now, it's coming up to 8.46. It's uh, Friday the 7th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight years in prison is a sufficient sentence for a former head teacher. That's according to one of the Buckinghamshire men he abused as a child. There are flood alerts across the three counties as river levels continue to rise, including the Great Ouse and Purwell. And in sport, it's officially the start of the Sochi Winter Olympics as the opening ceremony kicks off at four this afternoon. (sighs) Well, let's get the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Lots of standing water on the roads and the pavements, possibly causing some further travel problems the rest of the morning. There's a little bit more rain to come as well. Mostly showery outbreaks of rain. It will probably be worse now towards eastern areas of Hertfordshire, that system eventually clearing. So expect the old drib and drab really for the rest of the morning. But I think the worst of it now over, certainly for western areas of the three counties. Into this afternoon, it's looking drier and brighter. There'll be some good spells of sunshine. Try and make it feel welcome, the sunshine please. Uh, Top temperatures of up to 8 or 9 degrees Celsius perhaps that's 48 in Fahrenheit so it's not going to be a bad afternoon, the winds will ease down a touch as well. But into this evening and overnight it's all kicking off again some showers perhaps through the late part of the rush hour, the brisk westerly wind picking up and we'll see some longer spells of rain through the second half of the night. Now into tomorrow there'll be some heavy showers, there'll also be some strong gusts of wind so not feeling all that nice tomorrow. Sunday will be a slightly quieter day, less blustery and uh, less showery as well. That's the forecast. If you walk into a room and Janice is having sex with another man, is there never uh, an instance where it makes you feel a bit jealous? I guess there must be a tinge of that, but the tinges get lower every time. When she's come back every time, like the parrot, for 17 years. Listen from nine this morning to find out why more couples like Richard and Janet are taking part in swinging across beds, hearts and bucks. They always get luck at these parties. Hear why they do it, what it brings to their relationships and whether it affects their marriage. Just imagine not being jealous anymore and having as much fun as you wanted. The JVS Show Swingers Special, coming up from nine. Oh dear. Uh, Mick Barton is from the Highways Agency. Morning, Mick. Good morning. There are some idiots on the roads this morning. They were driving past me on the motorway at up to 100 miles an hour this morning. It's ridiculous. Why are people driving so stupidly when the weather's so bad? 
Uh, I wish I knew. Yes. Um, and I wish they didn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, there is standing water about, and the thing to do is to take your time, and if you drive carefully and slowly through standing water, you're going to be a lot safer than if you drive uh, very fast. Do we and, know some of the and most... I, and, I, and I've seen it myself, yes. It's uh, crazy. If, if you drive very fast. Um, uh, it's snow, you know, this time of year, we probably would expect to be dealing with snow, which yep. is a lot more visible. Um, standing water, if there's a puddle there and you hit that at speed, it'll it'll knock you off. And um, uh, yeah, but regardless of that, we've we've got some some congestion uh, around our, our control rooms. Been very very busy this morning yeah. with with the weather, as you as you can imagine. Um, can I just draw your attention to uh, the, a couple of the the, ma- the major incidents that, that we've got to worry about Please on, do, on yes. our network? Um, the if you're heading down the uh, M1 towards uh, London, once you pass the M25 between junctions five and four, um, we've got uh, some water encroaching onto uh, the hard shoulder and lane one there, so it's down to two lanes and, and, and uh, a very big puddle with one of our gully suckers there trying to uh, suck the water out of the way. Um, a gully sucker? Uh, yeah. Big, wow, that's a big, great name for a machine. <laughs> a gully sucker, a, yes. A big pump. Yes. Um, the M25, uh, if you're heading down the M40 from, from this area um, uh, and you want to turn uh, left onto the M25 uh, clockwise, um, the M25 itself is down to one lane um, just north of that point at junction 16 clockwise. Uh, and that's where there's a, a water course uh, uphill from the M25 that's, um, that's flowing quite steadily a, a across the motorway. Um, and uh, uh, and we're, we're just having real difficulty uh, clearing that. The water's just, just so heavy. Um, so there's like this little stream running across the motorway down to one lane there, and that's causing um, quite significant tailbacks at, at that point. Um, we're hoping that maybe we'll get another lane later on in, in the day um, because, uh, as you pointed out, if traffic's driving slowly through this stream, uh, it, it, it can possibly... I'm not promising, but it could possibly be done done safely, and we'll have a look at that. Uh, but obviously, if, if traffic's flowing very fast through that sort of um, that sort of stream, if we open the motorway up to uh, to the full four lanes, um, then that's going to be very dangerous. So uh, it's just down to one lane at, at that point. Um, but the, the message, you know, you've, you've heard it all on the weather forecast. Look out the window; it's it's wet out there. Um, uh, and I think, you know, if it was snowing, we'd all be planning our journey and and decide whether or not we can adjust our plans. Um, different weather, different challenges, uh, more to come over the weekend. So the same message applies. Uh, look at the weather, look at the traffic information from the website, local radio, uh, and see if there's any way that you can uh, change your plans, delay your journey, allow yourself some extra time, or, or at very least phone ahead to, to wherever you're going so that uh, uh, people know that you might be a little bit delayed because of the, the, the bad weather. Mick, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Mick. Barton from the Highways Agency. Chris is in Puckeridge. Morning, Chris. Hello there. Chris, what have you got for me? Uh, we've got uh, terrible flooding. Um, uh, the whole of uh, Station Road in Puckeridge, the, um, the houses, literally the water is, um, we woke up to two feet of water throughout the house this morning. Um, oh, it's uh, horrendous and uh, we're not alone. Our neighbours are in the same situation. And So when you came downstairs, what did you think? Uh, well, I'd, I'd woken up earlier and I heard the rain but didn't think anything of it. 
and um, my wife gave me a shout and said, "Quick, <laughs> come oh, and man. come and have a look." And um, literally, the water was coming um, through the front, you know, literally round the, the the front door. And when I looked out the back, it was also coming in through the the back door. The garden's under, I should think, uh, it was, well, it's halfway up a garden shed, so I should think there's at least three foot of water out there. Did you expect anything? Have you been flooded like this before? Never, no. Uh, we're not in a in an area which is, you know, it, uh, our neighbours have lived here for 40 years and they've never, ever known anything like this. And so what, do you, what can you do, Chris? Well, at the moment we're... We're upstairs. <laughs> uh, we've moved everything we we can possibly off the floors. You yeah. know the the electrical stuff, and I've switched off what we can. Um, and we've, I've in contact with the insurance company, and they've said that um, they'll arrange and went here from the agency to accommodation agency to um, basically move us out. But um, and will that happen today? Do you know, or does that take a while? Well, they, they've said that something will be done today. Yeah. Right. Oh, Chris. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck. Maybe we can speak to you on Monday just to see how things are going. Yes, by all means, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, Chris, thank you for that. Best of luck. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Imagine that just. Terrible. Awful. Absolutely terrible, isn't it? You, I mean, we've been hearing about it in the news in other parts of the country, but to, to mm. you know, hear that it's local, that's... Um... Well, I was at a house in Hemel Hempstead about two or three weeks ago, and these people have moved into uh, the, the, this new particular area, and uh, within, what, a few weeks, their homes were flooded, and again, they had to move out. It was absolutely horrendous. I really felt for them. Mm. Justin, what have we got you on for? Uh, swimming. You've been talking about adults who can't swim this morning. Yes. I've had a few I, I, calls I know. On it's that. A, there's a bit of a, a, a link there, isn't there, really? But, yeah, go on. Yeah, and also whether dolphins are arrogant. What? Uh, well, which they are, of course. You've just, said, you've just done a really weird tweet about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just got me thinking. You got talking about swimming this morning. I've been swimming with dolphins before. Always about them, isn't it? Always about them. <laughs> anyway, Ian, I've been out this morning trying to find adults who can't swim. I found a few of them. Here's what happened. Oh, Margaret, it's taken me an hour to find an adult who can't swim. Why can't you swim? I never got learning. My brothers and sisters all know how to swim, but I don't. You must feel like the odd one out, then. I do, indeed. <laughs> but it doesn't bother me, because I don't go in the pool very much. No, no, I just never got round to it. Like he did, he never got round to it. Do you feel like you're missing out? No, I do. You do when you go away sometimes, you know, but um, when I was younger and used to be on a beach and that, you'd, but, no, nah, it don't worry me now. There's something else we're talking about today, dolphins. Do you think dolphins are arrogant? They just want to do their own thing, don't they? Yeah. Now, madam, you claim that you can swim in a pool, but you can't swim in the sea. What's going on here, then? I'm too afraid of the big sea, so... I don't know, because just the pool one is, like, small, so, you know, you you can survive. I can't save myself in a big sea. I can swim, but I can't swim. (laughs) You can swim, but you can't swim? No, that I makes can, perfect no, sense to me. I can swim when I'm in the pool. Yeah. In the pool, I can swim. When I come in the sea, like if I go in a cruise and yeah. the boat is just like something happened, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't save myself. One final question. Dolphins. Yeah. Do you think dolphins are arrogant? Yeah. Somebody else again who can't swim here. Why can't you swim? I think my father and my mother, they didn't spend enough time to teach me. You're missing out, aren't you? Come on. Yeah, I'll say yes. I'll say yes. It's always like quite hard to see like, the friends or whatever swimming and you don't swimming. Why don't you take up lessons? Uh, before I used to have time, now I don't have time because my life at the moment is just like for my son and work, work and yep. spend time with him. But for sure I'm going to teach him, I'm going to put him in the, in the swimming lessons. That's interesting. So you're going to make sure that your son learns to yeah. swim because obviously it's a big regret of yours not learning when you were younger. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Tom, good morning to you. You can't swim. No. 
Do you feel like that's affected your life? Do you regret not learning how to swim? Not really, no, no. You've always been quite happy to, yeah, to sit yeah. by the pool and watch that's others right. enjoy themselves? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And dolphins, they are arrogant creatures, aren't they? Uh, dolphins, yes, yeah, yeah. Arrogant. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, I don't get your beef with, with dolphins. Well, just. people back me up, don't they? Um, I don't know. It's just it's just a bit all about them. It's like if yeah. you go to a football match, at the end of the game, the yep. players will clap you. If you go to a theatre show, they'll appreciate you. Yeah. Um, I think dolphins, dolphins need to respect... Dolphins don't appreciate you. Well, no, they need to respect that I'm paying their wages because <laughs> the, the, the fish that they're eating has been paid for by me. So if I'm, I'm going to go and see you, show me some respect, Dolph. Come on. I... I think I know. We often um, project our own insecurities and our own failings on other people. So if we say, I don't like someone because they do this, we're often talking about ourselves. Mm. And I'm getting, Justin, mm. that it, you're talking about yourself there. Really? You, you see yourself inside a dolphin. Is that right? And it's, it, you're upset because it's all about you. Well, and the I'm people the people listening to this are paying your wages, and you're not respecting them. Is that I if close? I was a dolphin, I would show more respect to human beings because we, as a nation, we love dolphins. So come on, show me some respect. What's on your show tomorrow at nine o'clock? Uh, tomorrow morning, three hours of great songs and great memories. We have the UK and American charts from this weekend back in 1976. And Pauline Black from The Selector, uh, Scar fans, a must oh, for you. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they were good, they were. What was that song they did? They did a cracking song. On my radio. Oh, that's a great brilliant record. Song. Are you playing that tomorrow? Playing that, and she will be picking her favourite musical memories. This um, going to be a good show. OK, now, you still um, kind of uh, chasing Tony Mortimer on Twitter? Yeah, he's yeah my, why not? He's my friend. He's mine now. He's my friend. Hey. Paul McCartney's coming on the show next week. Oh, yes. I've tweeted him. Fantastic. And I've given the phone number. So if if anybody here at BBC Three, if you get a phone call from Paul McCartney, it's for me. <laughs> yes. All right? Don't nab him for Nick Coffer. It's uh, for me. It's all going to happen when I'm off next week. Thank you very much. Have a lovely time off. Thank you, boss. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Ta-ta. There you go. That's your lot. Right, let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still looking bad on the M25 clockwise. Three lanes are closed at Junction 16 for the M40 with no access from the M40 in either direction. Uh, That's because of flooding and there are severe delays to Junction 12 taking two hours to get through. Also delays on the M40 to Junction 2 for Beaconsfield. The M1 London bound has a lane closed between 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware with congestion back to 9 for Redbourne. That's again because of flooding. Between Hitchin and Bedford, the Bedford Road heading westbound is partially blocked by flooding and on public transport the Metropolitan Line has service suspended between Baker Street and Aldgate after an earlier faulty train. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Alice, great stuff, have a nice weekend. There'll be a new podcast up this uh, afternoon, probably about midday, something like that. You can get it from the Three Counties website. It'll be on iTunes this evening or maybe tomorrow. Jonathan is up next until Monday at six from me. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... Is it right that we continue to name people accused of sex crimes? Coronation Street actor 